What's going on, fellow A-plusers? It is your host, as always, Adam Perez, back once again with a brand new episode of A-plus Hero Report, your weekly stop for your Marvel, DC, television, and movie news, streaming live for you guys over on our YouTube page. You can catch us also over on Facebook Live, as well as Twitch for you viewers out there. So thank you, everybody, for certainly joining in today. Uh, If you're listening to this podcast, perhaps on Monday, thank you very much for certainly joining us, guys. For those of you who do not know, we do have our podcast over on Spotify. Spotify audio versions as well as video. Uh, so if you want to go ahead and follow us on Spotify too, there is a link in the description box below, guys. But uh, what's going on? A little special uh, evening episode of A Plus Hero Report, if you will, just some um, kind of uh, going back and forth and trying to find that perfect schedule or the right schedule certainly for everybody to go ahead and go live together um so we are here on a sunday evening and it's good to certainly see everybody so hopefully everybody's weekend has certainly gone fantastically well uh, i know we were supposed to go live at seven so whoever is certainly still around at 7 30 thank you very much guys we certainly do appreciate it um as uh while we don't necessarily have a full panel here today it is in fact the two bros as always certainly coming through Myself and Stuart Branscombe, uh, he is coming to us from a unidentified location, so um, very top secret. So if for some reason his Wi-Fi goes in and out, it's probably the government working against us, Stuart. Um, so what's going on, man? How you doing? It's always the government. Nah, um, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, so... I may actually have to drop out in just a couple minutes and then I'm going to try to do this over my phone because it looks like I keep uh, dropping in and out. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Uh, if, if I'm still dropping in and out for the next five minutes, then I'll switch to my phone. Well, it's good to have you regardless, Stuart. So even if we have your frozen face on screen for a little bit, I'm sure uh, somebody will probably capture it and use it against you at some point in time. So don't worry about it. Um, yeah, but, uh, it's good to certainly see everybody here. Uh, how was your weekend, man? You have a good one so far? Oh yeah. I had an all right one. Um, uh, yes. Uh, you know, kind of a busy work day, but now that I got my day off today, it's been uh, really nice and relaxing. Uh, earlier, I think last week I mentioned, uh, catching up on next generation, yes. uh, fully caught up on next gen now, uh, <laughs> rewatched, uh, season one of Picard. And now I'm watching season two for the first time about to start season two. Hopefully man, that's can- some. That's some great momentum. See? (laughs) That's some great momentum you had there. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So almost completely caught up now. It's it's exciting. That's pretty impressive. I don't even know how many seasons of um, uh, Next Gen did they have. Uh, Seven of Next Gen, and uh, they're currently on their third season of uh, Picard. My goodness. Yeah, it feels like next gen 2.0 um, whenever I see Picard. So I, even though I haven't had the opportunity to check out the season, uh, the series itself yet, um, it is on my list for sure, because uh, I can't wait to see uh, that uh, that cast and that crew back together. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Uh, let's go ahead and do some quick shout outs here for you guys, uh, for everybody that joined us earlier and um as of right now, we got good old uh, Kurt certainly in the house. Stuart is definitely joining us. Another Stuart. We got good old Abase certainly coming through. Adam Perea is certainly here with us today. Roberto Buena, the most talented man in the world. Nicole, it's always fantastic to certainly see you. Francois, our super national, uh, international superstar over here. Um, good old Jack Daniels, because it is five o'clock somewhere. Um, hey, it's hey, it's five o'clock your time, Stuart. I hope you're popping one. My my guy, I hope you're enjoying a, a good cold beverage tonight. Uh, we got uh, who else? We got John Schuyler in the house. I, 
I froze. Uh, we got Carlo here, um, Jackson Peterson, good old Power Rangers Legacy has joined us, Carter Matthews. What's up, Michael? Good to see you, Michael. I believe uh, I did get your live viewer question. I think you posted it in our um, – I think you posted it over in our um, – our email, um, but I did get it. So hopefully I'll try my best to definitely remember uh, to get it um, when it's live viewer question time. We got Morgan Hutchinson certainly coming through for us. Enrique Perez is certainly here. Uh, Blossom is joining us today. Good old Johnny Marrero certainly in the house. Ram Jam, it's fantastic to see you. Um, who else we got? Datilla is here also. Uh, Indy, my boy Indy, he said, yeah, he had to work unfortunately tonight. He would have been on the show um, early today but unfortunately i had to uh change schedules you know listen you know um parents you know us having kids um you know especially when one of us certainly works right uh, it's just the whole conflicting schedule thing having to find somebody to watch kiddo type of thing from time to time uh for myself so uh schedules can get kind of crazy so i understand indy when uh, especially when you gotta try and balance work and all the other pressures of being a parent so i totally get it man uh we got lawrence in the house with us today uh who was campbell cooley in the house what's up campbell good to see you man uh congratulations uh on the news that we're going to be getting into here uh hopefully within the next few minutes um but uh it's okay. Quietly watch from the shadows if you'd like or participate, man. I know you you got that type of personality that you just have to interact, you know? So um, very infectious in a great way, Campbell. But thank you very much for certainly coming through. Datilla says, congrats on beating me, Adam, on predictions. You got lucky. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, uh, if I can boast momentarily, for the Elimination Chamber predictions video that me and Datilla did um, uh, a couple a week or so ago, um, I think it was a clean sweep. I think I predicted all the matches correctly. If I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong. But um, the bottom line is I did beat Tatilla. So I had to make up for the ass whooping that she's given me two pay-per-views back to back. Um, but the big one is coming up for wrestlemania uh it should be a fantastic one so um if you guys are big wrestling fans check out datilla's work rangers of wrestling she's got a youtube channel rangers of wrestling um so yeah if you're looking for your post shows uh for raw smackdown aew uh she certainly has got you guys covered there um also check out campbell cooley's youtube channel also he's putting together some amazing blogs of his time at conventions and um yeah, definitely, guys. But uh, thank you very much, everybody, for certainly joining us. Um, if you're in the live chat, do me a big favor. It takes one second. Hit that like button. It definitely does go a long way. Feel free to subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so yet, uh, as well as um, feel free to comment on this video at the end of the um, episode. All right, guys, let's go ahead and get into some honorable mentions. Stuart's going to go ahead and get set up. He'll be back here momentarily. Uh, when he's ready, he'll give me the okay, uh, and then we'll bring him back in here. But uh, we'll go ahead and get into honorable mentions for you guys. I got a couple that I definitely want to go ahead and talk with you about. Um, first up, The Flash is back in the news. I'm going to get Ezra Miller and his illegal ass um, uh, news out of the way before this man gets locked up one more time. Uh, Ezra Miller is back in the news because The Flash 
Um, Warner Brothers Discovery has decided to go ahead and give an early showing for The Flash at this upcoming year's CinemaCon. I believe they're actually it's actually going to be this April, if I'm not mistaken, CinemaCon. Um, they've been getting a lot of buzz lately in regards to at least the past two years uh, where they've been giving early screenings. I think last year they gave an early screening to Top Gun Maverick. So theater chains got the opportunity to see the movie before they promoted it. And that's pretty much what CinemaCon is. It's the idea for them to get their upcoming uh, films kind of shown and highlighted in front of the vendors and the you know the, the theater chains that are going to be promoting their movies and things like that. And so Warner Brothers Discovery feels so confident about this Flash film that they're going to be premiering it at CinemaCon two months uh, ahead of its release date in this upcoming June. So um, the Flash it's got a lot of momentum uh, and a lot of uh, positivity coming from Warner Brothers Discovery. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, still no decision from Warner Brothers Discovery as far as we know in regards to if they're keeping Ezra Miller around. Uh, they seem as though they're very much supportive of him getting his treatment and seeking therapy and really working his way through whatever issues that he's certainly dealing with and at the same time going through the justice system for having to be held accountable for some of the things that are happening so it feels very much like they are just letting all of that play itself out before making sort of any public statement as to what this you know which which route that they're certainly going to go but um they feel very confident about this film uh, and in april cinemacon will get the opportunity to check it out um what else we got here oh Rick and Michonne for you Walking Dead fans. Um, we've got a bunch of spinoffs coming out of this particular franchise. Um, even though The Walking Dead has officially wrapped, it is ended. Um, I believe Fear of the Walking Dead is on its final season, or at least is about to be. Um, and so we've got like three other spinoffs that are currently being filmed, and Rick and Michonne are back at it. Uh, the cameras are in fact rolling. They went ahead and dropped this um, behind the scenes photo to go ahead and commemorate uh, the idea that uh, the show is in fact being uh, filmed right now. Not sure exactly how long, like if it's if how long this particular series is certainly going to be. I don't know if Andrew Lincoln's only returning for like a minimum amount of episodes, um, but um, I do know that it is in fact coming. And I think out of all the spinoff spinoffs, this one definitely intrigues me the most because I've been waiting for the return of Andrew Lincoln for search for for the longest time. Um, and I think the next one is probably the Maggie and Negan one. I think it's like Dead City or something like that, if I'm not mistaken. That interests me, but I honestly haven't watched The Walking Dead since Negan wind up killing Glenn. And I felt like all the joy was just ripped out of my soul. And I just stopped watching the show after that, unfortunately. So um, yeah, the, definitely have a lot of uh, Walking Dead spinoffs happening. But yeah, Rick and Michonne in front of the cameras. Uh, if you guys are excited about that as much as I am, certainly let me know. And I believe we've got Stuart back. Uh, let me go ahead and bring him on in here. What's going hey. on? How's it going, man? Going good. Uh, looks like the internet connection is working a lot better now that, uh, now that I've uh, switched to my cellular uh, data. A lot uh, better. Well, can you, can you move the cameras di uh, uh, the long ways? Wide shot? Uh -oh. Will they change? I don't know. It's not, doesn't look like it, which is no? weird. <laughs> yeah, <it's> <laughs> making me sideways. <laughs> no problem. Hey, let's see. Can it, will they work? Uh, I, hey, oh, maybe we'll, we just, do the, hey, maybe we'll just do the show yeah. like this today. Maybe we'll do it like this oh, today. Perfect. 
Let me. Yeah. I'm like right in my face though. Hold on a second. I can't be so close to it. All right. Um, let's see what else we got here for um, honorable mentions. Oh, Stuart, one that you're probably excited about. Uh, Superman and Lois um, premieres March 14th. This sweet ass poster wind up dropping. Do you like this poster, man? Dude, I love this poster. It this looks straight up like uh, like it should be like a movie kind of a poster. This, I, I mean, it just looks really good for a TV poster. Yeah, I totally agree with you. As far as movie poster goes, yeah, I I, I could definitely see this hanging up in a movie theater. Um, but yeah, I absolutely love this poster. Are you excited for um, season three? Is there anything like, like any expectations you have or anything like that? Um, not sure what I'm really expecting uh, from season three, but I am really excited. Uh, I guess uh, I'm hoping that um, because uh, one thing they were mentioning is that it's going to have a bit of a dar- uh, darker tone. So I'm hoping mm. that, you know, that goes well and that it doesn't like, you know, even if the show gets darker, it doesn't like mean like Superman himself becomes a darker character. I hope they can, you know, keep everything that's good about like, uh, you know, the overall family dynamic. I hope they can keep that like very good, but like have everything going on around them be dark, you know. Um, I'm intrigued, but like very cautiously optimistic, if that makes sense. Yeah, no. And I, I, when you bring up the idea that they've been wanting to make this show a little bit darker, I mean, the, the tone is definitely set in their in their posters for sure uh i mean this definitely makes me feel like some something is definitely about to go down this season uh and um i mean even this idea this being able to see the fortress of solitude like just misty and just kind of i mean just definitely sets sort of a very uh, a, a much darker tone i think for the season than we're certainly used to so uh yeah i'm definitely looking forward to it yeah i'm i'm really excited <laughs> Um, you know, I had something else loaded up here, but for some reason, I don't know why it does this, but they delete some of the images that I uploaded. Like I had this stuff situated and ready to go earlier. And now it's like um, what I was talking about was Shazam, guys. Shazam uh, is back uh, this week only because we got brand new character posters for this film. Uh, for those of you who don't know, March 17th is, in fact, the release date. This film is, is set to go ahead and drop relatively soon here. I think we've seen all of the trailers that they have for us as of right now. If anything, there might be some TV spots that we're certainly checking out. But they did drop brand new character posters for this film. So you see Zachary Levi. Uh, Helen Mirren is here. Um, you got Lucy Liu here also um, as another one, another villain. Uh, and then, of course, we got Rachel Zegler's character as well. So it looks like the three sisters, if I'm not mistaken. Stuart, uh, you know, is there an excitement level that you have for this movie at all? Or what's your mindset about Shazam? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited for this. I thought the first one was extremely well done. Pretty much everything I wanted in a uh, Shazam movie, I feel like they they absolutely nailed it with that one. Uh, going forward, you know, I really look forward to seeing, uh, you know, now that the kids are uh, getting older, uh, what's going to change about their characters. We kind of see like with one of them, uh, I guess uh, now when they change into, you know, the Shazam form, I don't know what you would call it, but when, it, when they do the Shazam, uh, she's still played by the same actress. Whereas, you know, before, you know, she had been played by a different oh, one. Oh, yeah. Did that. Mary so, Marvel. I wonder, uh-huh. Yeah. So I'm wondering, like, how they're going to, like, uh, explain that in the movie. And, like, maybe it's like a thing of when you become an adult, like, that becomes your, your Shazam form. And then uh, it makes me also kind of wonder going forward, uh, you know, for Shazam 3, if uh, Billy Batson turns uh, 18, does that mean that uh, Zachary, Zachary Levi is no longer going to be uh, Shazam? Or is the kid going to turn into Zachary Levi when he gets older? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be pretty. That'd be pretty gold. I would love to see that. That'd be pretty funny. 
Um, you know, yeah, I guess for me, I will say this. I am looking forward to the film. Uh, like you, I was a really big fan of the first one. It definitely hit sort of um, what what I what I expected it to be. I mean, I think they promoted it exactly what it was going to be, like big with powers, you know? Uh, and then they had a really great sort of um, family dynamic um, in there also, a great sort of backstory for the powers and things like that. I, I had, I had fun with it uh, for what it certainly was. And so I definitely appreciated it. So when we go into Shazam two, I am looking forward to seeing the scope of this, um, this movie expand, but at the same time, I do hope that it holds on to some of its charm and just the family aspect that we saw from the first one. I know that they're kind of all gotten older and stuff, but I still want to see what that family dynamic is like with it still being a key focus, kind of like what the first one was. Um, my worry for this is the idea of it ending up being just a sort of your generic superhero film. You know what I mean? Like I, I when I when the main villain looks like it's the dragon, I'm like, you know, so it's just Shazam versus a dragon. Like that that's what I feel like is being promoted to me. So I I hope it doesn't fall into the realm of just another generic superhero film. I hope they actually do something more with it. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree too. I hope this isn't just like a sequelitis. Uh, we're making this for money, not because like someone actually has a uh, good story to tell. You know, right? Exactly. So um, we'll we'll see how it does for the franchise. But uh, March seventeenth is here. This is going to be a March is going to be a crazy uh, month for movies because not only do we have Shazam, but we also have John Wick and Creed three. Um, so this is going to be a fantastic start to sort of the summer of blockbusters. I hope. Yeah, I'm really excited. Uh, Creed three. I'm going to be seeing that one Wednesday, hopefully for like a staff uh, staff screening. So, yeah, keep my fingers crossed for that. Yeah, man, you got to tell us um, what you think of it when you get the opportunity to check it out. Oh, I for sure will, <laughs> without um, spoiling it, of course. <laughs> and then, last but not least, um, I thought this was an interesting story. I wanted to bring up, but I, I, it almost actually made the cut for today's um, episode. But, and I think you might appreciate this one, Stuart. Um, the DC, DC drama Dead Boy Detectives is actually moving to Netflix from HBO Max. Um, for those for those of you who don't know about Dead Boy Detectives, um, it, it's a spinoff from the Doom Patrol, if I'm not mistaken. I think season three. Is that right, Stuart? Um. It's a spinoff of Doom Patrol in the same way Doom Patrol is a spinoff of uh, Titans, Titans or the same way uh, Superman and Lois is a spinoff of Supergirl because, like, it's not actually going to be the same Dead Boys detectives that were set up in Doom Patrol. It's going to be, like, a different version of them. Um, but, but yeah, it was, like, kind of, I guess, originally meant to be a spinoff. Um, let me read this real quick uh, from this is from The Hollywood Reporter it says the DC drama based on Neil Gaiman and Matt Wagner's comics has been sold from HBO Max um, that developed the show to Netflix. Uh, Warner Brothers TV shopped the drama after sources say the series didn't fit with the new chapter of content that James Gunn and Peter Safran are building for the comic book powerhouse. That plan includes five interconnected shows uh, that live alongside Peacemaker on HBO Max. Also contributing to the show's move between platforms is the fact that HBO Max would not have been able to market the show until 2024 with the executives at the streamer Blessing producers to take the show out elsewhere um and i i do find this pretty interesting one Stuart, i think that there's um 
I think there's a chance that this isn't just a one-off. I think if Dead Boy Detectives does relatively well when it comes to Netflix, I can easily see Netflix maybe wanting to uh, produce it themselves maybe in the future um, after season one. And I think this also kind of goes back to David David Zaslav's plan of the idea that he's not afraid to share his IP. And I don't think he's going to be just sort of like nilly willy and let everybody do whatever. But I do think that he'll be open to selling some of their content that they're creating um, to other places to kind of diversify. So they don't have everything just kind of on one platform. And I think that for them, that's another steady stream of, of income. So I, I do think that there's um, some level of good news behind this but what do you think what do you make of this though yeah i think that would be a very smart move on his part uh just you know on warner brothers part if they have like um if they want dc to feel more streamlined and they want to keep like all the uh the you know shows that are supposed to be connected within one platform but then move all the shows that are elseworld stories to other platforms then yeah i think giving them to uh and netflix and amazon would be kind of um you know i think that would be a uh, somewhat smart move um I think it would suck for a lot of consumers that want to have all their DC content <laughs> in one really nice area. So like for me, I personally wouldn't like if they did it, but on a business standpoint, I can definitely see where they're coming from. And I think Netflix is a good home for like that kind of sh- uh, stuff because yeah. uh, they have been doing really good with the DC content that they uh, currently have there. Like, I, I don't know if you had a chance to uh, check out Sandman yet, but uh, I think like uh, what oh, they did great. with that was absolutely like fantastic. And then, um, uh, what was the other one that they, they have another DC show there that's been doing pretty? I think was it Antlers? Is Antlers a DC? Property? Oh, I don't know. I don't know if that's a, a DC title or not. Uh, it may not be Antlers. It may have been a different one, but there is another like DC show they have there that's also like doing pretty well. So I think, and especially because like Dead Boys Detective fits in that kind of like dark, more horror aspect of the yeah, that supernatural universe. genre type yeah. of thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It would fit in very well with uh, Sandman, I think. Yeah, Netflix does have a really good lineup of like that type of supernatural horror uh, oddity sort of element. So I, I do think it's a it's a probably good uh, good choice uh, for it to land there. Um, I'm trying to think if there was any other honorable mentions. I got one. What you got? What you got? All right. So for uh, the finale of the Flash, they are going to be going uh, balls to the wall with this uh-huh. because um, not only do, are we going to be getting introduced to our final villain of the series, Cobalt Blue, um, who is going to be played uh, by the same actor that played uh, Eddie Thon. Um, so we're, uh, <laughs> it's not confirmed if, if he's reprising like his role as an evil version of Eddie Thon or uh-huh. he's going to be the uh, character from the comics. Uh, who I believe is Eddie Thon's son. Um, so, you know, it, it could go like in several different directions, but so he's coming. And then on top of that, we got the return of Savitar, Godspeed, Zoom, and the reverse Flash. So it's pretty much, uh, it looks like they are really going out with the uh, speedster villains for the final uh, Flash episode. Um, I really hope they pull this off really well. Like this, <laughs> This gets me incredibly hyped for the finale. Uh, And it just, yeah, recently I haven't been keeping up with The Flash uh, for kind of the funniest reason, honestly. Uh, It's because uh, the only way I can watch The Flash currently is through the CW app. And just because of the season premiere, I just keep, like, every time I'm about to watch an episode, I keep thinking to myself, 
do I really want to sit through ads to watch this? <laughs> <laughs> Eventually I will like catch up, uh, you know, probably, uh, you know, by the time they finish the, um, uh, oh, what's, what's, what's his face? Um, Red Death uh, arc. Uh, by the time they finish that, I'll finally have caught up with the Flash. But uh, yeah, just, um, you know, even if I'm not a big fan of how this season is starting, I feel like they're, we're in for a pretty epic finale. Um, I have not had the opportunity to watch episode three yet. I probably will hear. Um, I did. I did. Um, I do have it ready and pulled up to certainly watch, but I haven't had the opportunity to watch it yet. But I'm going to be better about this season. I am determined to certainly watch this entire damn season. I don't care how painful it might be. Um, but yeah, I, I'm like you. I hope that it's certainly. I, I do hope that they pull it off. I have seen the behind the scenes um, sort of. Um, footage and or not footage but um photos that certainly have been out there um and so yeah i, I definitely am looking forward to it I, I definitely hope they pull it off though man that's i just hope it's not a thing of like each individual character on team flash takes the other one out with like this mediocre attack like they all of a sudden have not like they're not the same power level anymore like they used to be uh and it, it just ends in like a 40 minute disappointment like legendary battle anybody you know what i'm saying like just yeah so we'll see we'll see um all right i think um other than that that will wrap up the honorable mention side of things uh and we've got ourselves six topics that we're going to be bringing to you guys today uh and i'm looking forward to it. now Stuart may not be able to join us for live viewer questions uh but he'll definitely you know what <laughs> Stuart? it's so funny man there is literally a question specifically for you um so you know what since you're not going to be here i'm sorry guys but i'm just gonna have this question answered right now before you leave Stuart, right. because they literally sent this question in last week and i said bro i'm so sorry i probably can't answer this question for you because i didn't really watch this show you probably have to wait for Stuart, or um <laughs> probably have to wait for Stuart or indy to be here um so yeah and then they submitted the question again so we're gonna get to this question um before we even move on to to, to main topics let me see if i can find it here real quick and watch me not be able to find it anymore because i'm doing this live that's usually how it happens right Stuart always uh... I would try to look for it on my end but I'm pretty much I, I got like I got a screen showing me what's going on and that's pretty much it <laughs> oh here we go here we go it's from Kurt it's from Kurt he said I should ask this again with Indian Stuart since both of you guys watched Batwoman so in Batwoman season two when we had the character Tommy, a.k.a. Hush, impersonate Bruce Wayne by getting his face reconstructed. This storyline pretty much established what the actual Bruce Wayne might have looked like in the main Arrowverse. Though I did wish we were able to see him put on the Batsuit even if it were just one episode, since it was still in the Batcave until Kate Kane took over. We know that CW couldn't use Batman officially because of the DCU owning rights. What I... What did you think of when we actually saw an actor for Bruce Wayne, played by Warren Christie, in the Arrowverse and later again in the episode when Luke saw an illusion of his father? Um, when I saw the episode, when it came out, the on-screen actors, on-screen actor of the fake Bruce Wayne gave me Christian Bale vibes. I can kind of see that. Um I, uh, okay, so my first time seeing him when he was, like, played by, uh, you know, when he wasn't, like, actually Bruce Wayne, he was, like, the villain Hush, um, I thought it was just 
okay. Uh, I, I thought like it was just such a random, like kind of just forgettable actor to choose. And I was really surprised mm. they didn't go for someone more memorable. Like the, the biggest one that I was like thinking is why not Jensen Ackles, who's been saying that he wants to play Batman on Man, uh, Batman. That would have been yeah. great. Yeah. It would have been so memorable. And then to have him also like as being able to play both a good guy and a bad guy, like I would have loved to have seen him play like an evil version of Bruce Wayne. Um, I thought that would have been really wow. brilliant, but um, there might've been some restrictions knowing Warner brothers. They may have been like this bat, this Bruce, Bruce Wayne can't stand out. You know, you can't try to one up any of the Bruce Wayne's that we have in the movie. I wouldn't doubt if like literally the WB was like, yeah, no, don't try to make your Bruce Wayne good or that. <laughs> um, honestly, yeah. I think that's what it was. So anyways, that being said, um, I thought it was just, you know, okay. I thought, um, and of course, I don't blame the writers or anything for this other than COVID. I just thought it was a really weird way to start a premiere, especially for a new character, you know, because he definitely felt like he was built up to be like the main final battle uh, between, mm -hmm. uh, you know, him and Kay Kane. You can tell that was the direction they were going in and they didn't. Um, and again, no one's to blame for that. That's just circumstances because of uh, COVID. Uh, so, you know, as Hush, I thought he was okay. Now, as Bruce Wayne, though, in that one scene that we got where he was like kind of a dream version of Bruce Wayne, technically not actually Bruce Wayne, I actually was kind of impressed by him. He uh, definitely felt like a really uh, I, I definitely would have loved to have gotten to know him as Bruce Wayne a little bit more. Uh, I think there was definitely a lot of potential that unfortunately we kind of know that Warner Brothers was never going to allow them to actually fully explore. Um, but I thought it was OK overall. Yeah, I think probably they, the risk they have is, man, we can't find somebody that really looks like a great Bruce Wayne because then people will probably be demanding more of this guy um, and it's not his show, goddammit. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that may have also know. been part of it too, them being like, yeah, we don't really want a Bruce Wayne that's going to one-up because I feel like that might have been like uh, one of the issues with Supergirl is that the moment you had uh, Tyler Hecklin as Superman – uh, people immediately were like, can we get a Superman spinoff? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, all right. Well, that's it. Thank you so much for answering that question. And, uh, and Kurt, I certainly hope um, you're happy it finally got answered for you. So, um, yeah, I wanted to go ahead and get that live viewer question out of the way. But, Stuart, let's get into our main topics. You ready to go ahead and tackle these with me? Always. Awesome, man. Let's go ahead and do this. Uh, first up, some big news coming out of the camp for Warner Brothers Discovery. Um, just when I thought I personally couldn't get any more Lord of the Rings as we have Amazon Prime currently doing the Rings of Power. It seems as though Warner Brothers Discovery is back in the game, ladies and gentlemen. Um, they wind up actually striking a brand new deal so that more Lord of the Rings movies are on their way. Let's go ahead and certainly talk about this, Stuart. I'm going to go ahead and uh, bring this up here for us. Uh, it is one of those things where it's like, you know, um, Amazon wind up doing their own Lord of the Rings. Uh, and now it seems as though Warner Brothers wants to go ahead and start tackling their bigger franchises once again. And lo and behold, maybe they saw the success of Rings of Power and said, you know what? Maybe this is a money grab. Maybe people want some good 
movies uh, coming out of this particular time period. And so this comes to us from the Hollywood Reporter, new Lord of the Ring movies in the works over at Warner's and New Line. It says the studio has struck a multi-year pact with the Swedish gaming giant Embrace Group, which holds the film rights to the property. Um, for those of you who, who are wondering, how does it work for Amazon to be able to create rings of power they own the rights for the tv side of things um so warner brothers and new line uh are making the movies uh it says the multi-year pact um uh, allows warners to develop features based on the jrr tolkien lord of the ring books and the hobbit uh they acquired the rights to produce lord of the rings films games merchandise theme park attractions and live productions um uh, which when it purchased it from the Middle Earth Enterprises last year. Um, it says the move, um, which came from Warner Brothers Discovery Investors Call on Thursday, comes as uh, CEO David Zaslav seeks to assure Wall Street that Warner's is very much in the franchise game, here harking back to the 2000s glory days when the studio was minting money with Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, and the Dark Knight trilogy. Uh, and he says back in November, Zaslav said he would like to make a deal with J.R. Uh, Row, J, excuse me, J.K. Rowling for more Harry Potter and initially floating the notion of a Lord of the Rings return. Um, so it says in a statement, uh, you even have Peter Jackson and his Lord of the Rings partners, Fran Walsh, noted that they were aware of the latest developments. I find that pretty interesting, Stuart. It said, said the trio. So they even gave comment. They said Warner's Warner Bros and Embracer have kept us in the loop every step of the way. We look forward to speaking with them further to hear their vision for the franchise moving forward. Uh, and it does say that Jackson previously noted that Amazon asked him to to be involved in the TV show, but then did not follow up. Um, so yeah, it says Amazon holds the TV rights to Lord of the Rings uh, with the mega budget Rings of Power debuting last year. One question the new series of films will face is how to convince audiences to go to the theater if they can get their fix at home. One big difference here is Amazon focuses on the second age. Thousands of years before the events of the film, the movie rights have focused on the third age when the best known events happen and most beloved characters lived. It's possible that Warners now could focus on new stories centering Tolkien's big guns such as Gandalf, Bilbo, and Aragon. Um, so, Stuart, I will go ahead and throw this over to you first. Uh, what are your thoughts on this move? And um, do you want to see more Lord of the Rings? Um, let me, let me put it this way. It's not that I don't want more, uh, Lord of the Rings. It's more that, um, you're really going to have to work really hard to convince me that this is anything more than just a studio cash grab. Uh, cause I feel like when it comes to the movie side of things, they've kind of touched all the bases you, you possibly can. Um, the only possible direction I could see them taking the story is to do the, uh, the prequel, which is, is already being covered by uh, Amazon at this point. So, I, yeah, you know, I, I got to be honest. I really just don't see, uh, unless they want to completely remake the movies from scratch, I really don't see much of a direction that they could uh, possibly move with Lord of the Rings franchise that could get me interested in uh, seeing more. Uh, you know? Yeah, I guess for me, that would be my biggest worry is like, 
I, I am kind of curious as to what they're going to create here. Um, is it going to be a, a situation of, hey, hey, Lord of the Rings remake coming your way, guys. We're rebooting it. You know, we're going to do another one. Um, I don't know. I, the only reason why I say I don't know if that's the, the the direction they'll go. And God, I hope not. It, that would just be a waste of money, honestly. And the idea of keeping Peter Jackson in the loop, there's no way he's going to remake the re the film that he just did. Um, so, yeah, that's definitely not the route that they'll certainly go. But it does beg the question, where do you go from here um and so when i look at this article i'm actually kind of excited for it personally and i and i will say this when you mentioned the idea of them milking this franchise there is a part of me that said yeah this is this is probably them milking it um it is one of those things like for me i believe you have to almost create new content um sort of like post lord of the rings and for me the big question would be how are Tolkien fans going to feel about that, right? Because you know they're probably going to be vocal. How does the Tolkien estate feel about something like that, taking these beloved characters and sort of pushing them forward when I feel like these are such beloved characters? It's like, you know, can you tamper with that sort of thing, right? Like there are people that have issues already with what the Rings of Power are doing with the television show, like Tolkien Nights. You know, there are people that are really big fans of that type of stuff that pay attention to that stuff you know, might have their nitpicks about what the Rings of Power are doing. If if they feel that type of way about a movie and then you want to say, hey, but we want to branch off and create brand new stories of these characters, you know, who do you do you trust Fran Walsh and Peter Jackson to take those characters and embark on a new journey? I, I don't know. So I will say this. I do think personally that's the route that they are probably going to go, but it would not surprise me if they also deal with pushback. Um, but I do think it's pretty intriguing that they've allowed Peter Jackson and them to be fully involved. Uh, I think, if anything, you probably do win over the general public by having them involved because everybody loved the freaking Lord of the Rings trilogy, right? And if you say, hey, guess what? We're going to bring Peter Jackson back. The team that brought you the Lord of the Rings trilogy are back to go ahead and bring you the next installment. Uh, shit, I think people would definitely go out to the movie theaters for that, despite some of the pushback that it might have. Um, because you're right, right? Where's Vigo Mortensen? Can somebody go get Vigo? I want to know what's going on with Aragon right now. Like after what happened, the fall of Mordor and Sauron. Like there is an intrigue that I certainly have, even though some people might be like, "That's blasphemy." You can't, you know. We don't. We the story ended there, you know. But I do think that this is a a, a smart move. But I can understand the worry, Stuart, in the sense of are they just simply milking this for what it's worth and don't really have a solid story? Like, is this going to be a repeat of the Hobbit movies, making some bad decisions there? Or, or are we really going to get top shelf Lord of the Rings stuff? So I, I get the concern. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like, like I'll definitely, uh, you know, I'll wait until the more news comes out about it before I, you know, really jump to conclusions. But as of now, I just, I don't think I, um, you know, have too much confidence in it at the moment. And I do find it interesting too here on um, the sense that he seems like he wants to bring back franchises, right? Um, he's just talked about the idea of trying to, um, encourage JK Rowling's to maybe do more Harry Potter, or at least allow them to do more Harry Potter stuff. Um, really getting sort of in uh in their bag of some really big franchises i mean we've got the matt reeves stuff that's certainly coming through right so they kind of have their christopher nolan dark knight from like they did back in the 2000s and stuff but i guess for me 
the big question that I would have is like this almost feels like a trend currently in product in production companies. I mean, you look at Walt Disney, right? Like Bob Iger literally just announced also investing in a billion dollar franchises once again, right? His money makers, Toy Story, um, it was a Zootopia, um, and there was another one in there, Frozen, right? So, mm-hmm. is this becoming a trend? You think, Stuart, in the idea of them relying on what they know is successful for them? Uh, it looks like it. However, um, I think the big downfall, if they're not careful, is that if they don't remember why these things were really successful, uh, mm. that you know that can be what ends up uh, you know costing them in the long run. Because I feel like that's what oftentimes. Um, I feel like oftentimes that's what kind of happens in studios. They want to recapture a feeling someone had at one mm-hmm. point without really understanding why that feeling was there. Um, so again, it'll definitely be a, a wait and see uh, when it comes to that, because especially like when looking at the Disney side of it, you know, I mentioned before, like, I feel like Frozen is definitely a world we could explore more. Uh, but, you know, when it comes to the world of uh, Toy Story, you know, I kind of feel like, what else can you really do with uh, with the movies except for kind of repeat what you've already kind of repeated from Toy Stories two, three, and four? Right. Yeah, I thought I thought toy, I was like, oh, Toy Story four. Okay. Uh, granted, I didn't see Toy Story four, so I don't know. Maybe it was a great film, and people were perfectly okay with the idea of Toy Story five. Um, you know, maybe people were disappointed in in Lightyear, and they were like, wait a minute, you tricked me. This isn't a real Toy Story movie that I thought it was going to be. I want a real Toy Story movie. And so now they're going to make five, and that's going to make a billion dollars. Who knows? Um, so you, you never know, man. Um, I, you know, look, I, I'll definitely be interested to see. I mean, look, Stuart, would you go see a movie of a returning Orlando Bloom as Legolas um, that takes place in, like, the fourth age or something like that because he's an elf. He can live forever. Would you be down to seeing something like that? Uh, I'd have to know a little bit more about it, but yeah, that that does sound like something that could definitely work. At least a concept a that you would, that might intrigue yeah. you. Okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, so we'll see. We'll see what that's, we'll certainly see what route that they're going. But interesting move by David Zaslav here to certainly bring back Lord of the Rings. Clearly having um Peter Jackson and Fran Walsh attached. Um, so it's actually for me, it's like oh, they're bringing the band back together. Uh, so we'll see if they can recreate that magic once again. Uh, but yeah, guys, let us know your thoughts in the live chat or the comment section box below. Um, and let's see here. Next stop on our topics, uh, we're going to stick into the movie topics, uh, and then we're actually going to be jumping over to the Power Ranger franchise here momentarily. Um, but we do have one more movie topic that we're going to be getting into because Stuart, the very talented Andy Muschietti, um, as a director, even as a writer, uh, his name continues to get brought up here as of recent, um, as he is in fact in charge of the as the director for the upcoming Flash movie. I think Christina Hodges is actually the writer of the Flash movie. Uh, but Andy Muschietti directed the Flash movie. He also directed it. Uh, he also directed it too. Uh, and that particular franchise is coming back, and certainly in a big way, uh, as it seems as though Andy Muschietti is getting behind the camera once again to give us an it prequel 
Uh, there is plenty more of the story to certainly be told, Stuart, uh, and it should certainly be an interesting one. And I can't lie. I think ever since it, too, I think they did a great job of sort of like planting Easter eggs and little things here or there that really just kind of showcase the true history behind um, just the creature and just how far back it goes. So I personally think the idea of an It prequel is fantastic, and it seems as though so does HBO Max, uh, as they have officially ordered a prequel series titled Welcome to Deary, um, that's going to be coming from Andy Muschietti himself. It says the streamer has given a straight-to-series order for a new tale inspired by the uh, Stephen King's epic novel. Um, let's see here. It says Pennywise, the dancing clown is coming to HBO max filmmakers, Andy Muschietti and Barbara Muschietti, who made the successful big screen adaptions. It and it chapter two, along with Jason Fuchs are on board for the project from Warner brothers. Andy Muschietti will direct multiple episodes of the series, including the first episode. Um, the show's working title is welcome to Deary. creative details are scarce except that the series will be a prequel um, to the It films, promising to expand the vision of the movies. Fuchs will write the first episode, which is based on the story that the Muschietti's and Fuchs um, uh, put together. Uh, and it says it looks like Brad, Caleb Kane will serve as co-showrunners on the project. It says, as teenagers, we took turns reading chapters of Stephen King's It until the thick paperback fell to pieces, is what the uh, Muschietti said in the statement. It is an epic story that contains multitudes uh, far beyond what we can explore in our It movies. We can't wait to share the depths of Stephen's novel in all its heart, humor, humanity, and horror. Um, it says, I'm excited that the story of Deary, Maine's most haunted city, is continuing, and I'm glad that Andy Muschietti is going to be overseeing the frightening festivities along with the brain busting of uh, the brain trust included uh, including his talented sister barbara so uh, everybody is definitely on board with this Stuart. so um let me go ahead and uh, kick this over to you man you hear this news hbo max straight to order it prequel series welcome to Deary. how are you feeling about this man are you excited about it or what um, yeah, actually, so my biggest complaint with the, the previous topic was that when it came to Lord of the Rings, I just didn't think there was really that much more story you could uh, tell. Uh, but with it, I don't feel that way at all. I feel like there's plenty of room, uh, for, especially if you're going with the uh, prequel route. Uh, I feel like the two movies definitely set up a lot about the overall like kind of mythology of the uh, creature itself uh, of Pennywise. And um, not to mention just, I think... Um, Oh, shoot, I totally forgot. I totally lost my train of thought. Yeah, so they set a lot up, basically, uh, when it comes to the overall, like, kind of, uh, you know, world of uh, Pennywise and the It movies. So I feel like there's a lot they can explore, especially if they're doing the prequel that takes place, like, in the 50s, because that seems to be when, like, uh, the kids... Uh, it would also be kind of, kind, of, uh, kind of funny, too, because, like, in the book, the book itself actually took place in the 50s, so they wanted to have the show take place in the 50s, but, you know, just have it be the generation before the main characters of the kids. I think that would also be kind of a interesting route to go. Um, yeah, overall, I think this is excellent news, especially with Andy Muschietti uh, returning. Even though I wasn't the uh, biggest fan of It 2, 
Um, I feel like that was more just because of like studios, uh, the studio rushing the movie. I don't think it was necessarily because uh, he himself was an incompetent director or anything like that. I feel like it was kind of studio interference that made it not as good as the first one. But I think I feel like uh, going into this one, uh, if they if uh, they take what they learned of what made the first two successful and they bring that to the uh, television series, a um, lot of potential. A lot of times uh, Stephen King shows end up being really, really good, really well done. So I hope this uh, continues that trend. Yeah. Speaking of which, I I think there's a show on Hulu. I think it was Castle Rock. Mm -hmm. Um, Have you seen it at all? Um, I think I've, I've, my girlfriend was definitely watching it at some point. Um, I don't remember how much of it I've seen, but I've definitely seen like bits and pieces here and there. Uh, it definitely looks uh, very intriguing. And, you know, maybe one of these days when I have nothing else to watch, I'll get around to it. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's another Stephen King show that I think that I, when you mentioned the idea of translating some of his work in the television series, it tends to be pretty good. I, I absolutely love what they've been able to do um, with, uh, with Castle Rock. Um, I, I definitely finished the first season. I meant to go check out the second season, but I unfortunately didn't get an opportunity to. And I don't even know how many seasons they have now. They may have like, uh, they might just be on like the third one or something like that. But uh, I am looking, I am looking forward to um, this particular prequel series, honestly, too. Just like you, man. I do. I think there's a lot of potential here for sure. Just like you said. Um, I just the idea from it to alone, just getting the opportunity to see like. You know, when um, when the girl goes over to the old lady's house and you see like all the old photos and stuff on the wall and you really kind of trace back just the lineage and just how far um, everything really does go. I just think there's so many like period pieces you can go back to. And who knows, maybe it's something that like each season is like a different time period of Deary. Um, and, you know, so you don't necessarily have to be stuck with, you know, just one season and continuing that over multiple ones i think it would be pretty cool to kind of change up the time period from side to uh, from time to time almost like um i, I think of like a american horror story something like that anthology sort of uh concept um but maybe just keeping the idea of the the it creature you know just pennywise just like streamlined all the way through i think that would be pretty fun and interesting to kind of see how they might do something like that but who knows what andy muschietti is certainly up to but i, I like you Stuart. i was a big fan of the first it film the it too while still enjoyable i definitely felt like it fell off a little bit but i wasn't aware of any um issues behind the scenes i just i just didn't keep a close contact uh in regards to that whatsoever so that that's pretty interesting and would certainly explain um maybe why the film went in certain directions or felt the way that it did at times um so it it definitely Um, felt oh go ahead Stuart. Sorry, I was just gonna say I that was all speculation on my part. Oh, oh like okay, okay. Anything, um, and but I think that makes sense. It came out literally like yeah, it came out literally a year after the first one, which kind of makes me think that it might have been somewhat of a rushed uh, production. Uh, and you certainly it, that certainly might make sense. Also, um, you know, I never read the novels, but you know, it, it kind of felt, it's kind of got a little bit more extra supernatural than even I was kind of expecting towards the end and stuff. Like, um, I don't want to say a big CGI, you know, uh, fest, but it, it kind of felt like that a little bit. And it just kind of took away from what felt always felt like a smaller film to me in the first one. You know what I mean? Um, but uh, maybe that was just me. But when it comes to this, I think there's so much content that they can certainly mine from the the it the it universe. Uh, and so um, for them to go ahead and create Welcome to Deary, uh, I'm down for it, man. I think uh, Andy Muschietti is going to be on a high. I think people are going to 
love what he wind up creating when it comes to the flash and then just be eager for more uh it content um so yeah look if i i also think you probably have to get the thumbs up from Stephen King. I'm kind of curious how Stephen King feels about it, but um, you know, hopefully he's cool with it. Do you, do you have you heard anything about how he what he thought about the films? Uh no, I actually have no idea. I would assume he uh, thought it was okay because he was willing to uh, cameo in the second movie, um, which oh, he doesn't he, normally do. Yeah, that's true. He no, he normally doesn't do that. Um, so yeah, maybe he gave maybe he gave this his blessing. Um, but uh, HBO Max uh, definitely continuing to dive back into franchises that um, were very lucrative for them. Um, so yeah, I do think you make a good point in this, Stuart, that this one doesn't feel so much like milking in the sense of like, hey, we got a real opportunity here to create something awesome. So we'll see how it goes. But guys, let us know your thoughts in the comment section box below. How do you feel about the It prequel series straight to uh, straight to series order for welcome to Deary. Let your thoughts be known in the comment section box below after this stream. Um, all oh, right. Um, so what something kind of funny though, uh, just, you know, speaking of Stephen King, when it comes to like his adaptations, he's normally not a fan of a lot of them. Like I know that he I'm hated sure he the is. shining for example. Um, so when he did maximum overdrive, he did, um, for the longest time, I'd always thought Maximum Overdrive was meant to be bad. So I've always praised that movie, like saying, oh, man, this movie's hilarious. It knows exactly what it is. It doesn't take itself seriously. For the longest time, that's what I thought. And then it was only like probably a few years ago where I found out that, no, Stephen King, this was actually his passion project. He actually meant for it to be a masterpiece. <laughs> wow. And it ended up being a comedy. That's so sad. Uh, that's yeah. pretty funny, though. Oh, man. Um I'm trying to think of some other Stephen King films that I've actually seen. It's been so long since I've seen a Stephen King film. Unfortunately, I think Pet Cemetery might have been like the last movie that I've that I've actually had seen of uh, one of his books. Um, but yeah, we'll see. But uh, let us know, guys. Are you fans of Stephen King? Have you guys read any books or seen any the television series or films uh, of some of his work? Let me know your guys' thoughts uh, down below. Yeah, um, I've actually like, never read a single Stephen King book, but I've seen so many of his, uh, you know, the movies based on his books. Yeah, um, I think I've seen a little bit of Cujo. I don't think I've seen all of it, though. Pet Cemetery, Misery, I think is a classic uh, that I think a lot of us have probably seen also. Um, all right, guys, let's go ahead and uh, switch gears here. Uh, we're going to get into some Power Ranger talk, Stuart. Um, and there was a buttload of it today, man. Like, it was to the point of, like, really hard to kind of keep up. Uh, it was just like, bam, Monday, bam, Wednesday, bam. Friday. I'm like, oh my god, oh my god. Um, it just, it just, it just left a, a, a lot for people to certainly talk about here this week. Um, so we're gonna have some fun uh, as we're gonna be diving into all of the Power Ranger Cosmic Fury news that wind up coming out here this week. And this is gonna be coming to us. A lot of these articles, Stuart, are gonna be coming to us from the Illuminati. Always coming through. Good old Joe over there, along with Jezzer, certainly putting it down, giving us the great information um i think they've got some great um writers over there also i think it's bryce bryce west i think shout out to bryce i think he was one of the writers for some of this content and um you know i think uh yeah i think bryce does like majority of all of all of the writings but um we'll give props and shout outs to whoever we need to but Stuart, i'm going to keep you up on the screen for this one i'm not going to go solo here because there's just so much to go into man i mean first and foremost can we talk about these um costumes bro 
and these weapons. Uh, this was like the first tease, the the drop and the the bucket at the beginning of the week that was like, here's some Cosmic Fury stuff for you as we get the opportunity to see the weapons for some of the Cosmic Fury team here. You got Ion with that huge uh, arm blaster of his. Uh, you've got Javi with the, the battle axe, it looks like. I'm assuming it maybe hits a couple guitar chords there too. Who certainly knows? Um, Izzy's got the freaking daggers. Look, I, I love the daggers, Stuart. I'm not going to lie, but I think there's a big missed opportunity not having the javelin since she's a, 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 a track star and she used it perfectly in her debut. I would have loved the javelin here for her as her weapon. But for me, the the gusto, the, the weapon that really just jumped out at me, Amelia's hammer looks fantastic um I, I i love the look of the suits here especially i don't know if it's different lighting or maybe it's just like hey we've got accessories now uh so it just makes the suit sort of pop a little bit more um but i love this photo here and trust me there's a lot of people that i that i have seen on twitter that have been very sort of uh, e either negative about the suits or very sort of on the fence about the suits that are now very much like just this picture alone. They're like, yeah, I'm in a little bit more like you're convincing a little bit more to trust in these suits. What do you think about the men? Because I, I, I'm loving this photo here, just seeing all the pieces come together. Uh, yeah, this is why I really wanted to wait until we had some better uh, quality images before judging because uh, I think this looks a lot better than the original uh, photos that we had that were taking on that were taken on like a uh, cell phone. Um, quality is much better, <laughs> looks no way yet. better in the lighting. Yeah, and then uh, you know, um, I think that yeah, like I still wish there was something like kind of just on the chest, you know, something in the center of of their chest, basically like a symbol of some sort. Uh, but I am pretty sure we're going to get that's probably going to be like a last episode type thing like they might get like an upgrade to their suit and that's what'll mm. be there because it feels like that's blank for a reason uh but that that might just be me but uh that being said you know i'm i'm really excited to see these uh suits in action they're i'm not going to say they're my favorites they're definitely not my favorites when it comes to power ranger outfits but i do think this is a really cool first um uh, you know a really cool design especially for our first original uh power ranger costumes uh, I love the weapon designs, though. I'm definitely with you. Um, I think that the weapons look freaking awesome. Although, yes, I do think Izzy with a javelin would have made a little more sense. Uh, but that being said, she does look hella badass with the daggers. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, my favorite uh, definitely goes to uh, Javi with his uh, with his axe guitar. Like that is a very badass and very Power Rangers things for for them to do. I mean, I'm just loving his Winter Soldier arm, man. Like, Javi's cool badassery level just went up like three notches, bro, with this new arm of his. I don't know if it's broken. I don't know if he's lost it completely. Who freaking knows? But uh, the Winter Soldier vibe looks great on you, uh, Javi, for sure. Absolutely love it. I really want it to be like Zed just rips it off. I want I want them to start this series out with us be with them being like, yeah, we're not messing around. This is a yeah. kid show, yeah, but but Zed's a real threat. <laughs> yeah, that would be that would be incredible. But you're right. I will give props to the at least the dagger design for Izzy look pretty badass. And considering just her attitude and personality, the daggers definitely work uh, very well 
for uh for her to certainly say the least but um i thought that was fantastic yeah and i would agree with you too i i definitely continue to enjoy the suits for sure they definitely continue to look better and better um but again it's one of those things you know they are certainly meant to be seen in live action in movement you know what i'm saying on you know uh, when we actually watch the series itself that's certainly when i'll give my my full judgment in regards to them but um i continue to really enjoy them so, uh, for the most part and i hope you're right um because there is a lot of like void space on their suit um so i do hope that it certainly gets filled but for a first time hey coming out of the gates trying to create our own suits um you know i i think it's a pretty good one for your very first suit honestly and i do think if anything it'll just continue to get better and better and make their improvements um so um you know i think as long as we uh uh um creatively criticize it um you know i'm sure they'll probably take input from the fans and things like that in the future and uh, do more upgrading and just come up with the um you know even upgraded designs in the future so i'm looking forward to it um so not only did we get that photo Stuart, but we also wind up getting the reveal here that we are in fact getting ourselves a seventh ranger Stuart. a seventh ranger is actually going to be joining this um as we wind up having a new identity revealed um this is going to come to us from the illuminati let me go ahead and pull this up here for you guys um and to be honest with you Stuart, i have yet to finish dino furious but i feel like i've already been <laughs> spoiled in regards to half this shit that we're talking about already so i'm not even worried about it honestly which i by by the way i did watch i think it was episode 17 just recently when fern um finds out about izzy being the power ranger big fan of that episode i was a really big fan of it honestly um but we'll talk about that here in, in, in a little bit um but this is coming to us from the illuminati a seventh ranger and identity reveal for power ranger cosmic fury exclusive um so look guys i'm just gonna be honest with you from this point on we're gonna be giving you a lot of cosmic fury details if you don't want to know Close your ears. Come back in like 30 minutes. Um, we'll certainly see you on the other side of this Power Ranger talk. But let's go ahead and get into this, Stuart. Um, this says the Illuminati can exclusively reveal that Cosmic Fury will be the first season in the history of Power Rangers to feature an Orange Ranger. The Orange Ranger will not be a stranger to those who have already seen Dino Fury seasons one and two, as it will be Fern. Fern was first introduced in the first season of Dino Fury as a rival to Izzy, the Green Ranger. Later, the two grow to have feelings for each other and become girlfriends throughout both seasons we see their relationship develop and eventually uh, fern learns that izzy is the green ranger near the end of dino fury season two eventually fern leaves for college while izzy stays to be a ranger but the two stay together so wait so th is that that's the last time that we see fern in the series uh, yeah, this is why uh, the news for me in particular really surprised me. Uh, wow. Yeah. Wow. I'm, I'm a little bit bummed that I don't get to see Fern in more episodes of Dino Fury. I really am a fan of her and Izzy's relationship uh, on screen. I, th I, I, I think they, they got honestly great chemistry on screen personally, and I think they're both great actors in that regards. Um, so I'm a little bit bummed that they they just get to this reveal and she finds out and we don't get to sort of enjoy 
the idea of them knowing. Um, that's a little bit of a bummer for me, uh, having that found out just now. But it's okay. It's okay. I'm excited she's coming back. Now we have learned that Fern will be joining the Cosmic Fury Rangers as the seventh member of the team. Fern will appear as the Orange Ranger in the third episode of the season to help the Rangers in space. I do find that interesting also, Stuart, that they say the third episode. Um, it makes it sound like it's just a one-off here. So that is intriguing to me. Fern will continue to be oh, okay it says for see adam just keep reading keep reading to the end of the paragraph bro fern will continue to be a main character throughout the rest of the season we currently do not have any information as to how she will gain her powers or meet the other rangers in space and then they talk a little bit about the um the history of um the orange ranger when it comes to power rangers and how it certainly has eluded us for such a long time um so yeah Stuart, big news here that's all the details that they really have um I think this is a win, man. I think, um, look, I'm a big fan of Fern. Um, I think she's a great addition to the show. There's, It's not all the time that I'm a big fan of the supporting characters for Power Rangers, but I think that they've done an amazing job, honestly, with quite a few of them. Say what you will about Jane and Jay Borg. Uh, I think Dr. Akana has been really great. Um, and same thing here with Fern as a character. Uh, I've been a really big fan of the relationship that her and um, Izzy have been able to put across on screen and they do a great job of really showcasing their emotions towards each other. So for me, I honestly love just the moment of them revealing their love for each other. Um, just the idea of like Izzy not wanting to come out fully to say that she's a Power Ranger is like, well, if I was a Power Ranger, I kind of find that dialogue kind of cute between the both of them, honestly, as well. So, uh, man, I, I, I want to see more of them now. And so I would be really fascinated to kind of see what that camera she's going to be like now in Cosmic Fury, how much time has passed, right? How long have they certainly been apart, even though clearly Izzy can teleport in whenever she wants to or communicate uh, with, with ease whenever she certainly wants to. Um, but I think it's, it's not only great to continue their relationship, but man, I think if like, uh, one Fern is super athletic. She can certainly keep up with Izzy for sure. Um, so I do think that she would make a, an incredible ranger at some point in time. And uh, it should be fun to kind of see like what her costume design is like. I'm, I'm interested to see like, did they give her the very similar costume? I'm predicting skirt here um, this time around. And um uh, you know, there's a part of me that does think maybe she'll have the same brand new costume that we see here from the Cosmic Fury team. Um, but maybe that's just my thinking. I'm kind of curious to know what you think in regards to this, Stuart. Do you think um, uh, she gets a costume like the rest of Cosmic Fury? Or do you think it's um, – do you, do you think that they go um, – what is it? Uh, what was the name of the series? Um what was the name of the Super Sentai series for this? I'm oh, blanking. oh, um, uh, Q Ranger. Do you think they go like the Scorpion uh, suit for her, or do you think they keep it original costume for her? I, I highly doubt. Uh, it would just be kind of weird to have like a very different costume that just doesn't match the other Ranger. I mean, she's so, a seventh would, Ranger. Uh, that is true. So I think it'll definitely stand out in some way. It'll be unique uh, to the other suits, but uh, I, I'm predicting it will be uh, somewhat similar in line with the other uh, Cosmic Fury, uh, Fury outfits. Uh, but yeah, I also do agree that I do think we are going to see a uh, skirt, and I just based that purely on the uh, prom episode, uh, you know, because she was the one that wanted to wear a dress to prom. Good point. Uh, so I 
yeah, so I, I'm pretty sure we'll see a skirt on it. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm expecting it to kind of stand out, look very different from the other uh, Power Ranger or Cosmic Fury suits, but uh, very much like I'm expecting kind of a similar dino design uh, with the helmet, kind of like what they'll all probably have. Um, but yeah, like this is this is a really cool news for sure. Um, cause we have had Ranger couples before, but never like an LGBTQ plus, uh, couple on the show. So that's definitely something that I can see a lot of people, uh, getting hyped about when going into the season. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a really great point that you make also. Uh, I didn't even consider that, but that's a really great point that you make also. So I, I am really looking forward to this, man. I truly am. Um, I think Johnny said something that really fascinated me here. Uh, he did say the Cosmic Fury Daggers has a nice homage uh, to Trini's Power Daggers uh, and the Green uh, Dragon Dagger. What do you think? I, I do. Oh, I am yeah. kind of curious if that is an homage for sure. Um, they look kind of uh, different from uh, Trini's daggers, but I can definitely kind of see a little more of a similarity to the, yeah, the Green Ranger's uh, dagger, um, just with, you know, this one I think has like more of a curve. I think if anything, it just kind of reminds me of the dagger that we see Zeta with in like the very first episode, uh, the one that he like kind of uh, throws at a Void Knight. That, that's what it kind of reminds me of. Um, I am fascinated in the idea of this being our very first, you know, look, leave it up to Simon Bennett and the writers to give us a year of first, man. I mean, they've given us two seasons of firsts. Cosmic Fury is just going to be unlike anything that we've seen before. And they're continuing certainly that momentum of giving us a ton of firsts for us. Um, uh, I mean, that and that. And of course, that we're going to be on Netflix, right? Um, the, the creative chains have been broken, if you will. New uh, amounts of episodes um, I am, I am interested to see how this is going to turn out. Uh, Blossom, uh, kind of on the fence. Fern as a ranger, I don't know. Um, you know, as long as they're not too lovey-dovey and find themselves staring into each other's eyes and forget to actually fight for a second, then I'm cool with the idea of couples being on the uh, the rangers team. I think they can make it work, but we'll see. Has that ever happened before? Has like there ever been like uh like an episode where like maybe Tommy and Kimberly are like uh like I've, I've seen one where they're both fighting with each other and that's what causes them to like uh, get their butts kicked in the fight. But I've never seen one where they get lost in each other's eyes and then that's the, <laughs> the a problem for the team. So that'd be that'd be kind of a funny dynamic to have. Like as long as as long as it's like only one episode and like one fight and it never happens again, I wouldn't mind seeing like one scene where it's just the two of them accidentally getting lost in each other's eyes while they're in the middle of a battle <laughs> absolutely man um he does say uh, curious as to know which dinosaur fern will be based on dimitrodon yeah maybe i don't know um that would be an interesting maybe one i mean they got a zord ready if they if they're ready for it um he also says if there was to be a seventh ranger and a orange ranger i'm glad it's fern i just hope they do her justice in 10 episodes um yeah that would probably be one of my concerns also um uh goku what's up goku good to see you in here says it seems like there are more returns of certain rangers to have people pilot uh the other zords um certainly a possibility um i thought there was like early reports that we had we're reading about cosmic fury at least in the early development of it the idea of maybe having um other rangers kind of come onto the team or like kind of cross over so um if they are using zord footage uh maybe they do have to find somebody to some people to kind of um 
fill up all those cockpits. So yeah, you might be honest. Yeah, like like twelve. They have like twelve different uh, Zords in that show. Because uh, yeah, twelve Rangers, each of them with their own individual Zord. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I am fascinated that they do mention that she'll she'll be, um, she will appear as the Orange Ranger in the third episode of the season to help the Rangers in space. But then it says Fern will continue to be a main character throughout the rest of the season. Do you think this Ranger, the Orange Ranger, is a one-off? Hmm. Hard to, hard to say. Um, it could be, it could mean that, or it could also mean that maybe, um, she appears as the orange ranger in the third episode, but she's in all 10 episodes. Oh, that'd be pretty cool. Especially if it's like a surprise and Izzy has no idea who it is and she shows yeah. up and she demorphs and she's like, Oh my God, it's my girlfriend. And then she's part of the team, but just ask Fern the rest of the way. I can see that steward in the sense of her showing up as the orange ranger. Yeah. Uh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely intrigued to see, uh, how that, how they, uh, handle that. And, um, yeah, they mentioned her as the seventh ranger. I'm also kind of curious because, like you mentioned, there being like uh, uh, a bunch of different Zords and uh, and everything. I wouldn't be too surprised if she wasn't the last new addition to the team, too. I mean, I don't know, Stuart, because we're about to talk about another addition to the team. Uh, well, I don't oh, know if boy. it's an addition to the team or not, but we do have more. Um, there are going to be more people uh, in this series, guys. Um, we've got more cameos uh, certainly happening. Not only is it uh, Fern that's going to get the opportunity to be a ranger, but uh, I think something that we've been waiting for as fans since it was a dino charge, dino supercharge to actually happen, uh, as it seems as though good old Ryan Carter, who played Heckle, uh, will in fact be making his return to Power Rangers as none other than the Dark Ranger himself. That's right, guys. We thought we were going to get this uh, years ago, and Saban let us down. We were sitting around holding our dick, Stuart, waiting for this to happen, and nothing happened. Just left us here to just, you know, we <laughs> just left us, man. Um, they teased us. Uh, let me let me just say, I'm so glad you brought this up because I totally forgot about this. <laughs> I mean, the tease was there, Stuart. The tease was there all season long. That you knew this guy was gonna put a costume on, and some bond flipped us the finger, Stuart. He said, "Not today." But you know what? Leave it up to Simon Bennett. Leave it up to the Riders. Leave it up to the Hasbro to come through for its fans. As that's right, Ryan Carter will return to Power Rangers Cosmic Fury as the Dark Ranger. Another exclusive from the Illuminati here. Um, it says Carter first appeared in Power Ranger franchise as Heckle in Dino Supercharge uh, and Charge in those seasons. The character was a Jekyll and the Hyde type character called Heckle and Snide. By the end of Power Rangers Dino Supercharge, Heckle was able to separate from Snide and join the Rangers. During the airing of this season, it was heavily speculated by fans that Heckle would become a Ranger based on Death Uger from the Cure Uger um, Super Sentai series. However, um, this Ranger form never appeared in the show, despite the Dino Charge Morpher toy having a sound of an unknown Talon Ranger. So, Stuart, they were right there. They were right there. And you know what Saban said? F 
you. <laughs> I really don't know, but I'm just, I'm just talking shit right now. After the events of Power Rangers Dino Supercharge, Heckle became the keeper of the Dark Energem, which previously turned him evil. Heckle and Zenowing, um, the Dino Charge Silver Ranger, returned to Heckle's home planet, Sentai 6, to guard the Dark Energem. Unbeknownst to Zenowing, Heckle started building a morpher for the Dark Energem based on the Titano Charge Morpher. Um, he is then able to morph into the Dino Charge Dark Ranger. Um, so he's he's been. Uh, I definitely have seen him play around in the comic books for sure. Um, says what will Dark Ranger be doing in the Power Rangers Cosmic Fury? Says the Dark Ranger has uh, so far only appeared uh, in Power Ranger comic books. It is unknown how he will be adapted for the show. In the comics, Heckle has had many space adventures, so it makes sense for him to appear in a space-themed season. However, the comics are usually considered to take place in a separate universe from the show. So really, the big question is uh, nobody really knows. Nobody really knows. In the show, it was established that he is an alien from Sentai 6. Um, so, yeah, that's that's all that they really have for us. So, um, Russell Carter, excuse me, Ryan Carter coming back uh, as Heckle to finally portray himself as the Dark Ranger. Um, I'm super pumped for this, Stuart, because, yeah, like I ranted at the beginning, um, this was supposed to happen, man. Um, Dark Ranger, Talon Ranger, I don't care what he was going to be named. Um, you know, you, you have a toy that tells me Talon Ranger. Yeah, this dude was supposed to be in here for sure. Um, so definitely a little bit of a bummer. But again, you know, people want to ask me all the time, Adam, do you think Hasbro cares about the property? Yes, I do think Hasbro cares about the property. Um, I, when I, When they do little things like this, it makes me appreciate them just a little bit more um, that they're certainly going all out. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. We really are getting extremely spoiled here uh, for the 30th anniversary. You know, they could have probably just not done anything if they wanted to and just held out until their reboots. But they wanted to at least give us uh, us fans certainly at least another year of Power Rangers to definitely enjoy. Uh, and I think the fact that they've given us an MMPR special and Cosmic Fury special. Look, could they both be crap? Absolutely. Um, but they've got some great showrunners certainly behind these projects. Uh, and I think that they are very much focused on making this quite successful. So uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing how this um, um, certainly comes together. Um, but I'm, I'm finally happy that we're going to be getting ourselves another Ranger form here for us to enjoy. Um, Stuart, um, I, I got to know your thoughts on this, man. I'm, I'm, I'm craving to know what you think about this. Uh, I don't think it comes to, to shock to anyone that, yes, I'm really hyped about this. Um, this was something that um, I wasn't really, you know, I can't say I was disappointed by when we never got him in uh, Dino Charge because I didn't know about this Ranger until after Dino Charge had uh, already ended. So it was like I was disappointed afterwards because I'm like, ooh, this would have been a really cool storyline. And then I was even more annoyed when I found out, like, the supposed reason of why we never got him being that uh, Saban thought it would be uh, – too violent to have a uh, power ranger that's evil or power ranger that kills people i'm like literally do you not remember your most popular ranger how he started off as a bad guy and became a good guy it's like such a weird reason to not include him and, he, and even if that is the reason you know it's not like you have to go with the sentai story you can do whatever story you want with this character uh so it was really cool to see this character like appear again in the comic books um, what I like about um, about this going into Cosmic Fury 
is there are quite a few different directions they could definitely take this character. Like, um, I know that they say the comic books aren't, like, in the same universe as the show. However, that's kind of like when we're comparing it to the main universe. Like, I think it's safe to say that maybe, unless it just coincidentally there happens to be two Dino Charge universes and two RPM universes, um, you know, I, I think it's safe to say that the Dino Charge Rangers that we see in the comics are the same ones that we see in the show, then same with the RPM ones. I like to just think that the MMPR Rangers are the only ones that take place in a different universe and that the other, you know, Rangers that we get that are already from different universes are canon. That's just how I look at the comics. I don't know how the fans uh, view it. So I could see them kind of going in that direction, you know, given the explanation of the comics overall, like uh, continuity within the uh, Power Rangers TV show, if they wanted to do that. Or there's a whole other direction that they could take this in, uh, you know, because with Cosmic Fury taking place, of course, in the uh, main universe, uh, there's no reason that Sentai 6 can't exist in the main universe and that we can't have, um, you know, a whole different version of Heckle uh, within the main universe, a, a version of Heckle that has like a completely different uh, backstory, not related to anything that happened uh, within Dino Charge. Um, so I think that's what excites me about this character in particular coming back is that there are multiple directions that they could uh, take this character's story. Uh, and I think any one of them uh, sound extremely interesting to me. Uh, I think that's a great perspective in the sense that this might not even be the heckle that we're, we were we knew. Right. Like this could just be from the main universe heckle uh, from Cosmic Fury. And that would certainly be interesting to kind of see how he manages to um, also bump into the ranges. I think that would be actually a pretty interesting concept that they want to really kind of switch things up a little bit and really keep it uh, a little bit more interesting. So I, I kind of dig that concept, Stuart. Um, for those of you also here, let me go ahead and pull up another uh, photo of him for you guys. You know, if anything, Stuart, if I can just be honest, um, you know, I guess for me, if, if, if there was anything that concerns me, um, it's it's probably the addition here of the Talon Ranger or the Dark Ranger. Like, I'm excited for him, but there's a part of me that's kind of getting a little bit worried uh, that this series is getting a little bit crowded. Um, you know, kind of what um, somebody else had mentioned in one of the comments, you know, you the addition of Fern is great and I absolutely love it. But now we got Fern and we've got uh, Talon the Dark Ranger. Right. So this he, he might what he, he, he might be our eighth ranger. Um, I guess it's really going to kind of come down to execution for me. You know, if you're really telling the story in 10 episodes, I am kind of curious as to how involved are these characters are they around from the get-go um you know do you focus on their backstory like hey where you what you've been up to all this time sort of thing or are they plugging people in that they feel maybe they can get away with not necessarily having to explain where they've been or they've got really great sort of one two liner sort of explanation so they can get out of the way and just keep the story moving forward um are you do you worry about the idea of them being too like I get it's the 30th anniversary and you want to please a lot of fans, but I do wonder like in 10 episodes, do you think that they can handle um, all these characters or, or do you, or do you think they'll find a way to, to truly balance it out with a huge ensemble cast like this? Well, I think it kind of depends on this uh, character's role because um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think there was anything saying he was going to be more than a one-off episode character. So right. I feel like 
I feel like um, it'll work just fine if he's only there for one episode and like he just happens to be involved with whatever mission the Rangers are on. Um, the only thing that would, but yeah, if he does end up being like a, a member of the team, like a series regular, then yeah, I would definitely share that concern. Cause I think that, yeah, if you're doing 10 episodes and you're trying to fit in eight Rangers into one team for those 10 episodes, it can definitely get really cluttered. I think, you know, I think like go Kaiser did it well in the sense of bringing back you know, um, Sentai characters for just like a one-off episode, right? And helping them push their, their certainly their story forward. Maybe it's something along those lines. And then maybe they returned for like a big climactic battle sort of like at the end uh, of the season or something like that. So you're right. I mean, I do think if um, based off of 10 episodes, you know, is there a little bit of a concern for me? Yeah, there is. But I guess it'll all come down to what the writing and the execution of is like and really how they sort of introduce them. Um, so we'll see how it goes. But regardless, regardless of that little bit of worry, I'm I'm really super pumped that we're getting ourselves an Orange Ranger uh, as well as the Dark Ranger or Talon Ranger, as they want to call it. So a lot to definitely look forward to when it comes to Cosmic Fury. And Stuart, <laughs> that's not it, brother. That's not it. Um, because we've got more additions to Cosmic Fury, and I swear to God, Stuart, I swear to God, if these two become Rangers, also, uh, I'm I don't know what I don't know what I'm gonna do, man. Um, but uh, never say never, I guess. At the end of the day, it should be an interesting one here. But we've got uh, two other uh, characters from Dino Fury are in fact going to be returning for Cosmic Fury. And listen, these are some fan favorites uh, because I'm a big fan of both of them, honestly. And that is in fact Mucus and Slither, uh, played by none other than Campbell Cooley himself and Stuart. And I don't know if Campbell's still in the chat or not, but I can never remember the um, lady's name that does the voice work uh, for Mucus. I think she does an incredible job. And is that the same actress that did her live, also live action Mucus? I, I believe it is, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know if Campbell's in the chat or not, if he could chime in if he's if he's there. But um, um, I, I love both of these characters. What about you, Stuart? Oh, yeah. I think they're both absolutely hilarious, especially uh, when they're on screen together. I think they have such a, like great chemistry. And uh, when we got that little uh, tease at the end, uh, part of me was worried that it was just going to be a tease and nothing was going to come from it. So when I saw this news, uh, this got me really excited that we could that we get to see a lot more from them going on. And, yeah, I really hope we get to see them like outside their costumes like this, because, uh, you know, as great as they are as voice actors, I think they're both they both uh, equally bring that charisma just as well when they're outside the suit, too. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Um, the actress that played Mucus, I thought was just the, the most adorable. Uh, I mean, yeah, I don't think you could have casted better for Mucus, honestly. I think they did an incredible job. And Campbell Cooley is such a charmer. I feel like he's such a a, a showman. I feel like he probably like if he was if he was born in like the forties or fifties or maybe maybe like the twenties. Um, I can see Campbell as like the the showman presenter, even like a magician. Honestly, he just has like that aura about him. I, I absolutely love. Campbell. Um, but let's go ahead and dive into this because, yes, two unlikely allies are set to join Cosmic uh, Power Rangers Cosmic Odyssey. This is an exclusive from the Illuminati themselves. Uh, it says, while we eagerly await the milestone 30th season, 
Cosmic Fury, we continue to keep you all occupied and informed. Today we have a fresh delivery of top. Okay, yeah, yeah, gotta. Um, okay, so they, they reveal that Mucus and Slither will be helping our color-coded heroes in human form throughout the Power Ranger Cosmic Fury. Um, let's see here. It says, in both seasons of Dino Fury, yada, yada. Okay, so I'm trying to see if there's any more information here. Sorry about that, guys. Hold on. Um, okay, so it says they will show up at some point near the end of Power Ranger Cosmic Fury to aid the Rangers. However, it is unclear on how or why they will help the Rangers. Um, so yeah, they don't really know, Stuart. So it just seems as though, hey, they may be popping up towards the end of this season. Uh, so that was actually a lot easier of a story than I thought we would have to cover in regards to that one. Um, so yeah, they may pop up. Stuart, this this has the making of, oh my God, who's going to man our last two Zords? And then fucking Slither, Slither and fucking Mucus pop up and they're like, hey, we'll, we'll help you out. Um <laughs> You think that's how it's going to go down, or you think uh, what do you think? What do you think is going on with this man? Oh man, I think there's a uh, huge chance something like that could happen. <laughs> um, it's going to be either that, or they give them kind of like that uh, Darth Vader uh, kind of storyline where you know Zed is just so overconfident because he doesn't think any of his minions would dare stand up to him, and so that kind of ends up being his downfall. Is like the two of them are the ones that like uh, finally stand up to Zed and give the rangers that like you know edge they need to finally win the day um you know they, they could do like one of those two directions uh i honestly didn't expect them to be aiding the rangers though because you know i was like thinking oh they're gonna probably appear in cosmic theory as like antagonists you know maybe for a one-off episode um see them aiding the rangers though very very excited and very curious on to um like why they decide to change sides altogether um, you know, what, what influences them, you know, uh, if I had to predict anything, I'm going to assume maybe Void Knight is the one who convinces them, but yeah, that's, this is, uh, man, the more, this whole day, man, I, I'm just getting more and more hyped, the more news we get for uh, Cosmic Fury, and this is definitely that perfect cherry on top. Yeah, this this was like a perfect cherry to the week, honestly. Um, kind of like giving us a little bit light, like a little lighthearted news, because uh, these are two two characters that I think a lot of people really appreciated from Dino Fury. And you know, for me, it, it is one of those things where you know I remember watching Real Soldier, and towards the end of the Real Soldier series, um, the Mucus character does sort of become like allies with the Ranger team. I think he winds up uh, she he or she winds up getting like just really upset that like her uh, her boss like just continues to just treat her like crap you know what i'm saying like just does not appreciate all the hard work sort of thing and finds them find, uh, finds themselves in just a really interesting predicament while well, where they certainly have got to like sort of choose uh as to do i do i continue to stay evil and work for this person that just like you know tramples all over me sort of thing or do i really sort of help the rangers out and so you know maybe there's a little bit of element of of that kind of kicking in again i haven't finished the dino fury um season yet so i don't know what her what uh, mucus and slither's final fate certainly is but i can see them taking a little bit more of a light-hearted role um and being here in cosmic fury so you know if they pop up towards the end of the series there's a part of me that thinks that maybe they'll kind of be sprinkled in here throughout the series a little bit but maybe uh maybe just get a really big moment towards the end in regards to helping out the the rangers a little bit but um 
uh, yeah, I think this is great news, man. A week of great news, uh, I think, when it comes to Cosmic Fury and a lot to certainly look forward to. Now, if we could just get that trailer. Right? Definitely. Uh, you um, know what? I think Simon Bennett is uh, waiting for you to finish uh, Dino Fury, so hurry up and finish <laughs> Dino Fury, and then he'll give us the trailer. <laughs> yeah, I, you guys are waiting on me. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. We probably could have had this months ago, and it's, it's all my fault. Um, Marcelino does say, well, Go Kaiser also had 50 episodes. Uh, yeah, they did have 50 episodes to kind of work with the one cameo and episode for sure. That definitely benefited it. Uh, Goku mm-hmm. says, I hope Cosmic Fury doesn't become who's the next cameo every episode. Um, yeah. we'll see, it'll come down to uh, execution and uh, how the story itself is uh worked out. But you know, 10 episodes, it, when you tell me 10 episodes, I got it, it, it to me, that just tells me you have a focus at least. Um, you have the story that you certainly want to tell how all these moving parts work within that story though will certainly be interesting and if and and honestly Stuart, i'm gonna be honest with you about something can i just be like i love this news but there is a but at the end of that sentence Mm -hmm. and the but is i i love the news but i would have wished to have gotten this late april early may and Mm -hmm. And I only say that because I don't at at no point in time, if I'm Hasbro, do I want attention taken away off of my MMPR 30th anniversary season. You know, we're a month or so away from it dropping here on Netflix, maybe like a month and a half or so. Uh, I want any Power Ranger news that's out there to be MMPR. Uh, David Yost winds up dropping his... Uh, tyrannosaurus thing i wonder if that was in response to hey cosmic fury is being talked about too much maybe hasbro was like hey david can you can you drop some uh some behind the scenes stuff for us and maybe he gives us his morphing sequence you know for us to talk about that a little bit um so yeah i i while i appreciate all the detective work and all the sources that these people have and the news and information and stuff i do wish as like a publishing company that's something that maybe could have been sat on say after april or early may you know what i mean am, am i being an asshole about that or what uh no i, I don't think you are uh, i think that honestly makes uh perfect sense um like get, like, like if you're gonna leak anything maybe give us more leaked mmpr stuff yeah exactly i think what just happened is that they probably just got the information and they're like oh no if we got this information it's only a matter of time before other sources get it so we gotta drop this before those other sources get to it uh so i I don't blame them i just but yeah i'm definitely with you i kind of wish uh they would have that um we could have waited for this news to get like you know leaked or i don't even know if it was leaked or if they just gave the news to the illuminati i'm not 100 sure how it worked but yeah i do overall agree with you yeah, and again, I, I appreciate all the hard work that they do there. If they got the news, you're right. It could have been the case of, hey, we got to drop this now because before somebody else certainly does. Um, so I definitely understand that for sure. You drop it when you certainly can. But uh, yeah, I just I definitely, I, I'm so hyped for MMPR. I guess maybe I'm just, maybe there's a part of me that's like, man, I want more MMPR news now. <laughs> so we'll yeah. see how that winds up turning out. But um, we'll see, guys. Let us know your levels of excitement for Cosmic Fury. Still no release date, I would assume, probably in the fall, maybe like September. But again, that's just me assuming. But once we have ourselves a release date, we'll definitely let you guys know. Um, but yeah, let us know all your let us know your thoughts in the comment section box below uh, in regards to all the Cosmic Fury news today.
Um, and with that out of the way, Stuart, we got three more topics left. Let's see how we can go ahead and knock this out for you guys as we're going to transition from Power Ranger news to Marvel news. That's right. I mean, I feel like the hits just keep coming, Stuart, uh, when it comes to um, um, all the news that we wind up getting here this week. I think some really big topics. And one of them is a new casting announcement for the upcoming Thunderbolts film. Um, for those of you who um, I, I, I probably can't remember everybody on this Thunderbolts team in this upcoming Marvel Studios film. I think we've got Winter Soldier, Yelena Belova, uh, Red Guardian, Ghost, Taskmaster, U.S. Agent. Am I missing anybody? Um, I think that's everybody. I think, I think you got them all. Yeah, I think I think, I think so. that's everybody for the most part. Um, just your MCU misfits, you know, your villains now maybe turned heroes. Who certainly knows? Um, but we do have new information in regards to who's going to be joining the cast. Um, because if you thought um, the idea of Harrison Ford is um as general ross was a big deal uh i think this is just as exciting honestly Stuart. uh and this comes to us from deadline.com uh to let us know one of our fan favorite actors uh is finally joining the mcu as a uh, from deadline.com thunderbolt say steven yoon um, joins Marvel Studios pick in a key role. Obviously, Marvel's not going to go ahead and uh, let us know who it is, but this is an exclusive. It says following his Oscar-nominated role in Minari. I didn't even know he was uh, nominated for an Oscar. And scene-stealing part in Nope, uh, Steven Yoon is continuing to show his range as he is now looking to add a Marvel movie uh, to his resume sources tell deadline he is set to join the marvel studios thunderbolts in a part that is not only significant to this film but could also play a role going forward in future films of the mcu um and he does talk about the ensemble cast um which yeah i think i got everybody except well valentina Allegra de fontaine i forgot about her played by julie louis dreyfus um Let's see here. Does it say anything else in regards to that? No, I think it says, yeah, not much is known about the plot of the film, but in the comics, it revolves around a group of villains who were sent on a mission um, commissioned by the government. Um, I think that's all the information that we have uh, in regards to this one, Stuart. Um, but I think this is big news, man. I think I see people already kind of making, um, got some rumors, some predictions as to who he could certainly possibly be. Um, what do you think about this uh, addition? I think Steven's done some fantastic work as of recent. Uh, do you think this is a big uh, pickup for the MCU? Yeah, for sure. Um, he's great in almost everything that I've like seen him in, you know, from the walking dead to sorry to bother you to nope. Uh, and even like his one-off uh, appearance in, I think you should leave. Uh, I think he's definitely a really great actor with a lot of range. So, uh, seeing him joining the MCU, it just, it makes perfect sense. Um, I have zero predictions, however, as to what role he's going to be playing in the Thunderbolts. Um, but I do hope it ends up being a big one that, you know, depending on how he does in this role, uh, hope it ends up being one that we get to see in the future Marvel movies, uh, going forward. Uh, yeah, I hope so. Also, man, um, give me one second here. I'm trying to download an image here. Um, yeah, I'm hoping he's got a, a pretty big role also. Um, the character for the most part that I think right now that a lot of people, um are speculating that he might certainly play let me see if i can go ahead and pull up this image here for you 
Um, and I find it an, inter an interesting one here for several reasons. Uh, but for those of you who may not know, this character right here is Amadeus Cho. Um, he is also known as the totally awesome Hulk uh, in the comic books. Um, so we do have ourselves another sort of incredible Hulk here. Uh, I believe Amadeus might actually end up being like a scientist, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, maybe I'm wrong, though. Let me see if I can. Uh, is there a Wikipedia for him? Um, his character is also known as Braun. Um, so that's the character name. So I guess the title of his comic book is the totally awesome Hulk, but his character name is Braun. Um, it says using special nanites. Uh, let me see if I can find his history. Where'd it go? Cause uh, if I'm not mistaken, this character is also meant to appear in, uh, the Spider-Man animated series, I believe. Oh, really? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Uh, it says using special nanites, Am uh, Amadeus absorbed the Hulk's powers, becoming a gamma powered monster and the new Hulk. Um, so that's pretty interesting. Um, so that's that's again, this is not confirmed. This is just a speculation that fans have in regards to who Steven could possibly uh, be, be playing in this role. Um, for me, I, I'm perfectly cool if that's who he's going to be playing in, in here. If that's uh, if that's what it's eventually revealed to. Uh, there is a for me, if anything, Stuart, I, I do find it fascinating because it's like another Hulk that you want to introduce. I, I do find that kind of interesting. Right. Like we we literally have. Uh, Bruce Banner's Hulk. We got Jennifer Walters, She-Hulk. Um, if you watch She-Hulk series, we now have Hulk's son, uh, Scar, if I'm not mistaken, also. And now you're introducing the idea of Amadeus Cho. I, I am kind of interested to see how he's introduced in here. Is he immediately going to become a Hulk? Is he a failed experiment of them trying to recreate the Hulk again? I would be even more fascinated, Stuart, if they took the Amadeus Cho character and instead of Harrison Ford's Thaddeus Ross as the Red Hulk, I would be interested to see if Steven Yoon as Amadeus Cho winds up becoming the Red Hulk. I, I would be interested to see if they would make that sort of twist in regards to an origin story or for the character itself. You know, I don't know if Harrison Ford's like, yeah, CG me up, CGI me up, and just put my face on this CGI character. I, you know, I don't know if, um, if, if they'll go that route, but, um, you know, they say he's going to be a, an important character in Thunderbolts and have a role to certainly play going forward. Do you need a, a brawn? Uh, another Hulk in the MCU going forward? Uh, I don't know. So I am kind of curious if that's even who he's playing. There are a couple of other great Thunderbolt characters from the comic books. You got Atlas, who grows big, similar to that of like Goliath and Ant-Man. That could be a possibility. I've heard some people suggest Mach 1, who was also the villain Beetle from the comic books, who upgraded to Mach 1 to pretend to be a superhero. That would be pretty cool. A jetpack flying superhero might be pretty cool for steven also um so i'm intrigued i do think there are several different routes that they can certainly go here um but i think the addition to steven to anything is is a win honestly when it comes to um uh to marvel and I, i'm such a big fan of his from the walking dead i think everybody loves glenn and so it's like we just want this man to succeed in anything that he does so yeah putting him in the mcu i think um i, I think is a good move here by marvel oh yeah 
Uh, I actually actually think it's kind of funny. I wouldn't doubt if like we end up seeing even more Walking Dead uh, actors kind of joining the MCU because there has been that like long running rumor um, <clears throat> with uh, Norman Reedus uh, joining the uh, joining the MCU as uh, the Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider. Yeah, and plus we also have uh, Michonne, you know, in Black Panther, and then you also have uh, Jonathan Bernthal in The Punisher. Yeah, just just bring in the Walking Dead uh, actors, you know. Now that, that show is coming to an end. <laughs> yeah, why not? Just uh, just pull it off. Uh, I think they can make it work. I think I think Stephen will fit perfectly in here. I even saw some people saying Century. I don't know about that. I, I don't know if I can see Stephen as Century, um, unless he's gonna take like the Rock workout regime. You know what I'm saying? Regimen, yeah. or whatever. <laughs> So we'll see. Um, but yeah, guys, let us know your thoughts. Um, how do you feel about um, Thunderbolts so far? Uh, now that you know that Steven's going to be in here as an unknown character, but apparently having a significant role in the MCU, who would you certainly like to see him pop up as in the upcoming Thunderbolts movie? Um, you know, Stuart, if I could be honest, I, Captain America, New World Order, and Thunderbolts, uh, for me, continue to be more and more fascinating uh, if anything, you know, I don't know how intertwined they're going to be when it comes to story wise, but the fact that they have that interconnective thread of Thaddeus Ross as Harrison Ford makes me really intrigued by both of these to see if they are in fact connected in that sense. Because um, I felt, I feel like so far when it comes to the MCU, uh, we've had so many sort of singular. Uh, uh, projects, um, although it is kind of nice to see like WandaVision pay off in Doctor Strange, Loki kind of paying off in um, 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 Ant-Man and the Wasp, Wasp sort of thing. So it is kind of cool to kind of see things from television connecting with the movies a little bit more. Um, so when it comes to this, though, I feel like as far as big projects go for the MCU, I'm fascinated to see how the Thunderbolts and Captain America work out together. Same here. Um, I think if I was, if I'm a betting man, I'm going to probably bet that like, depending on which one comes first, I feel like they're going to be very closely connected. Like, um, like, oh God, I'm trying to think of an MCU like example that we may already have. Um, I don't know. I, I think there, I think it's going to be almost borderline a direct sequel. I think the only real difference is going to be is like the only thing stopping it from being a sequel really is going to be the fact that Captain America won't be the main character in uh, the Thunderbolts. Thunderbolts. Um, but I do think that they are going to be very directly uh, connected to each other and like borderline sequel like. Yeah, it's almost like the it's almost like uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier series literally got split up in their own movies. Um, cause Sam Wilson as Cap gets his own movie. And I think, um, Bucky is in fact, the winter soldier is like the de facto leader of the Thunderbolts in here. So it's almost like he's the lead of this ensemble cast. So it's pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, so uh, let's see. We'll see how it goes. But um, yeah, guys, let us know your thoughts in the comment section box below. Uh, and from one Marvel project to the next, you know, one that continues to fascinate me more and more, Stuart. Um, not just listen, I wasn't the biggest fan of the first Captain Marvel movie. It was pretty subpar to me, honestly. I, I stand by that. I even rewatched it again. I might have enjoyed it a little bit more, honestly, but it is still a movie that I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of. Um, so the idea 
of going into a Captain Marvel 2, for me, I'm very much hoping for a breath of fresh air. And so while I'm definitely not coming back to this particular movie because I was a fan of the first one, I am coming back to this because I am a fan of the talent that they certainly have on here. Uh, Tayana Parrish, um, you've got Brie Larson and Aman Vellani, uh, this triplet uh of, of actresses here um, when it comes to the upcoming MCU film, The Marvels, uh, I think is really about to go ahead and take people by storm here. Uh, I'm really fascinated to kind of see what um, Brie Larson and the rest of these characters wind up doing to go ahead and push their story forward and really the chemistry between these ladies. And while I think a lot of us are certainly looking to see what that chemistry is like, behind the scenes, things are going perfectly ladies and gentlemen when it comes to these actresses let's go ahead and dive into this Stuart, because brie larson has some very big and fine words to say about one of her co-stars and that is in fact aman valani i think this is like back-to-back weeks Stuart, that we have talked about the marvels uh and aman valani is getting a ton of praise if it's not from kevin feige himself it is in fact from brie larson uh as this article comes to us from entertainment weekly saying brie larson says the marvels co-star aman valani is the future uh, and it looks like Entertainment Weekly might have even done like a, a, a interview um, with the, all these four ladies. So definitely worth um, checking out for sure. Um, it says um, uh, when EW recently caught up with Larson about her Super Bowl commercial and more, she had nothing but praise for Valani. She says Aman is the future. Um, she is the perfect Miss Marvel and the most incredible person and castmate. I'm so excited for her success and i'm so excited to see what she'll do with her life because she can do anything she wants she's one of my favorite people on this earth uh those are some pretty bold words to say the least um and it says yeah kevin feige agrees wholeheartedly telling ew in a recent interview that she essentially steals the show um, it does say in both Marvel Comics and in the MCU, Kamala Khan is inspired to become a superhero because of her role model, Captain Marvel. In the pages of Marvel Comics, Kamala and Carol's relationship then blossoms as they work together as members of the Avengers and Defenders of Earth. With the Marvels, Larsa and Vandalani finally get to bring that relationship to the screen. Uh, and Bree says, uh, a huge part of why I wanted to play Captain Marvel was because of Miss Marvel and what that meant to see that character realized by such a brilliant human with so much potential it's just a really exciting thing um and she says i feel like the big joke is always that you're being schooled by people younger than you is what brie larson says so i'm sure there are ways that i've been able to be of service to her but also at the same time she teaches me so much every single day i'm just grateful for her friendship um so yeah man Big words here from um, Brie Larson. Very glowing words of Aman Valani. Um, Stuart, when you hear this from uh, Brie Larson herself, uh, what does it make you think in regards to not just what their relationship is like, but just your excitement level for the movie? Does it do anything more for you in that regards? Well, the first thing I think is that Tom Holland is probably reading this and going, man, no one praised me this much when I became Spider-Man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Anthony Mackie and them just ran this man around for for years and and, and just running him through in interviews, man. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah, but with that being said, like um, you know, knowing that this isn't like seeing how this isn't even the first time she's gotten this much praise because you brought it up you know we we've heard so much praise for her uh from kevin feige and of course from the showrunner of uh miss marvel uh you know i'm I'm really excited to see uh what more she can do that um you know and uh, <clears throat> like what it is about her acting that really uh you know catches like some of the older, more experienced actors off guard. We we got to see a good chunk of it, like in her TV show. Like I thought she was absolutely amazing in that. But to kind of like see that there's even there's going to be even more to that going into um, the Marvels definitely excites me. Um, it's good to know that the, the actors are really getting along because you know when you're doing a movie like this, uh, where the three characters, I feel like um, I feel like the character chemistry is really what's going to hold the movie together. Uh, it, character chemistry happens a lot better when you get actors that work out that work together really well. Um, so to hear this behind the scenes stuff, uh, just gets me even more excited for the movie itself. Um, and yeah. Yeah. I think, I think, um, you hit it right on the head, man, in the sense that the, the chemistry I think is really going to be everything for this film in regards to how well it's um, definitely going to succeed or not. Um, and kind of what you were bringing up in regards to like what the it factor is for her. You know, I, I wonder if similar like to her and Tom Holland, one, I think them being much younger certainly helps. I think them also being fans of the product before they even became actors definitely helps because you have that level of enthusiasm that's purely there because they're working with all these stars and getting these great opportunities so you have that youthfulness that allows them to uh, you know use that ex uh, excitement that they have and also i just think it also allows them to just be authentically themselves you know just like genuine in who they are they haven't necessarily been like corrupted by the world or like hollywood as of yet you know so you know they and and i also just think it's it's just them being them and they probably just have really great heads on their shoulders you know i feel like marvel has done a really great job of picking great solid youths that seem to know how to carry themselves um i feel like we have high praise for tom holland just as a great being a great actor at such a young age um and it continues to just he just continues to get better and i think the same thing can certainly be said for amon Vellani. you know regardless of how some people might have felt about miss marvel it was a series that i really appreciated and enjoyed um and i think she was just a star in that movie i really enjoyed her rambunctiousness and that youth about her and her eagerness and i do think that that um is going to be very infectious certainly on screen uh and to kind of have that sort of um high energy meet somebody like like uh, Captain, I feel like Carol's going to almost be the balance to everybody in here. Um, like that youthful energy of Kamala, but maybe that seriousness that um, that Monica gets from being, you know, in the government and things like that, and being used to this lifestyle. So I am interested to see how Carol sort of works as the balance between all of them. And I think they're going to have um, great magic on screen. I, I do think that this is going to be amazing for for all these ladies, honestly. And I think it's also in inspiring too to hear from brie larson to say that's why i wanted to do captain marvel in the first place right like not even knowing if miss marvel was gonna be sort of in the sequel or in you know the future of the mcu plans but the fact that her reading that character in the comics made her fall in love with captain marvel as a whole i i, I think it's pretty awesome that it comes kind of full circle for brie larson at the end of the day also 
definitely. I also think that one of Brie Larson's uh, strength as an actress is uh, she does a good job when it comes to uh, character. Um, like chemistry with other characters because when it came to the Captain Marvel I'm kind of like you it wasn't my favorite MCU movie but I do think one of his strengths happened to be when it was just her and Nick Fury or just her and Monica together like I feel like uh, she was a great mentor to Monica and then a great friend to uh, Nick Fury so I'm really excited to now see uh, you know, now that, you know, Monica is like more of an adult now going into this one, but now you have Kamala as the kid. I'm really excited to kind of like see that, hopefully that similar chemistry kind of going forward into this uh, movie. Yeah. And I think you're right. I think Brie does a really good job of, of, like you said, sort of like acting off of somebody else, you know, maybe not yeah. her necessarily having to carry the film um, by herself, but having uh, other talent around her to certainly work with. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all in on this film, and I'm, I get more excited the more and more I, I, I hear of it. You know, somebody mentioned to me, and this is somebody that you know wasn't necessarily the biggest fan of of Captain Marvel, was not even re really the biggest fan of Brie Larson, I don't think, but for some reason is very much under the impression that you know the only reason why Captain Marvel the sequel isn't called Captain Marvel 2 is because of, you know, that people really aren't pleased with Brie Larson and they felt like, hey, if we're going to do a second movie, she she needs the help in a sense, you know, like to just throw these characters in here to bolster it so people will come out to see the movie. What do you think about that that line of thinking, though? Um, I don't think that was the main reason why. I think that... Uh... Especially because, like, looking at the numbers, the box office numbers for Captain Marvel, like, that, even if, uh, like, a lot of people are claiming that, like, they didn't really like it, it was a pretty big su success in the theaters. It wasn't like it's one of Marvel's, like, it biggest, billion like, dollars. Oh, it did hit a billion dollars. Yeah, it hit a billion dollars. Looking at oh, it now. So there you go. So, yeah, no, I don't think that's the uh, reason at all. But um, I, th I think it's just because they have, like, uh, you know, several characters now within the MCU that at one point have had the uh, name Captain Marvel. Because, you know, Photon uh, – or sorry, I keep forgetting. What's her uh, – Well, she does, go, she does go by Photon in the comics as well as uh, Spectrum. Spectrum, yeah, okay, that's what it was, yeah, so with Spectrum, she at one point in the comics, uh, you know, along with Photon, also went by the name Captain Marvel, uh, so I think, uh, you know, them kind of realizing we have these characters with the Marvel name in it, why not just make a movie with the Marvels all together, um, and, and even before that, I do remember, like, before like Endgame premiered them like there were already rumors that uh, Miss Marvel was going to be making her appearance uh, like uh, everyone thought it was going to be her first appearance in uh, Captain Marvel 2 but there had been rumors about it for like long That's before true. the movie even came out so I think this was something that Marvel had been somewhat planning from the get-go I don't think uh, you know the like kind of ne negativity towards Captain Marvel had anything to do with it yeah, I don't, I don't think so either. I mean, it, for me, having all these characters in here just make perfect sense. Monica with the attachment to Carol, I think we already assumed that she was probably going to be in a Captain Marvel sequel anyway. Um, and having Kamala Khan there and taking advantage of what Disney Plus now provides for you and be able to create a show out of it. I think it makes sense that uh, Kamala Khan is certainly in here, uh, especially considering just how much of a fangirl she is of Captain Marvel. So uh, I, can't, I can't wait to see how this uh, turns out. But guys, let us know your thoughts. You hear this high praise of Aman Valani. If you had the opportunity to check out Miss Marvel for yourself, what did you think? Do you think she certainly lives up to the hype that everybody certainly has for her? Um, I'm really looking forward to see how she delivers in this movie.
Um, and with that out of the way, guys, we got one more topic for you guys to go ahead and do this. Um, and then, Stuart, I believe you do have to go uh, for our live viewer question segment. But before you go, my Star Wars brother, I got to pick your brain, man, um, because The Mandalorian season three is literally right around the corner. Uh, is that this weekend? Is that this week, Stuart? Is that next week? Oh, shit, is it? Uh, I want to look it up on my phone. Oh, you know I what? Can't. Actually, <laughs> actually, here we go. We got Mandalorian oh. posters. That's right. I forgot. We got brand new Mandalorian posters that wind up dropping this week for you guys. Um, we get uh, Din Djarin, a.k.a. Mando himself here with Grogu, uh, March 1st. So, yes, this week it comes back. Um, you've got uh, Katie Sackhoff as uh, Bo-Katan here. Um, and of course, you've got um, God damn it, I'm blanking on his name, Stuart. Hit me, Carl Weathers. Yes, as um, as oh, was it grief? Oh, I totally so, forgot. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm glad you remembered his name though. Um, but yeah, Mando season three is certainly here, and good old John Favreau is back in the news, Stuart. Um, as we get hyped for this season, uh, man, I got I got to push forward with my uh, Mandalorian binge real quick. I didn't even realize it was going to creep up on me that quickly, man. Uh, I may not be able to make it, now I'll, I'll make it work. Um, but let's go ahead and dive into this because John Favreau's talking a little bit about the Mandalorian, and I'm talking fourth season i'm talking never ending uh this this show just may go on forever stuart this comes to us from the variety.com says the mandalorian has no ending planned says john farrow it's not like there's a finale that we're building to <laughs> then what are you working on favreau tell me please um uh, so let's go ahead and dive into this why variety has the setup for this background is beyond me um it says Hasbro just uh, Hasbro <laughs> HBO just announced that its Emmy winning succession will end with its upcoming fourth season. The team behind Yellow Jackson has been open to having a fifth season plan. Does the Mandalorian creator John Favreau have similar endgame in mind for his beloved Star Wars series? Not the slightest. He says, I think the beauty of this is that it's the middle chapter of a much larger story. Um, and though we'll have resolution over time with these characters, it's not like there's a finale that we're building to that I have in mind. Quite the contrary, John Favreau says, I love for these series to go on and on. And so these characters potentially could be with us for a while. I really love telling stories in their voice and I love the way the adventures unfold. And I'm looking forward to doing much more. Um, Favreau has already confirmed that a fourth season of The Mandalorian is written. Uh, he says the show is designed to effortless, effortlessly fit into the larger scope of Star Wars storytelling that is on the way with new Disney Plus series such as Ahsoka and Skeleton Crew. I'm, I'm honestly... I'm, I'm honestly expecting these all to kind of connect. He says, season four, yeah, I've written it already. Uh, we have to know where we're going to tell a fully formed story. Uh, we had it mapped out, Dave and I, and slowly you start to write each episode. I was writing it during post-production. Um, all of it has to feel like a continuation and one full story it says while favreau is unsure about the ending of the mandalorian he is certain that its weekly release schedule is never going to change he says the goal is that we have enough things happen each episode that everybody wants to jump around the digital kitchen table and talk
talk about it and argue about it uh, and guess to what is going to happen next. I like that we're on Disney Plus where it's each week is another episode. It's not all dropped at once, so it allows for a back and forth. And I love to see if we guessed right. I love to see which ones the people react to better and ultimately get the report card if we're doing our job well. You know, Stuart, I think that's a really great way for him to also kind of put that ending in the sense that I don't know we if we take that into account the fact that the dropping a show weekly while i think we all love a good netflix binge don't get me wrong some shows i think definitely do benefit from weekly releases because you're right it's it's like that um sit around the table talk or if you're at the 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 water cooler at work right talking about the latest episodes it keeps that momentum going for weeks on end but it's also a barometer and a report for the showrunners to be like what can we do differently for next season in that sense? And by I think by doing it weekly, I think the, it allows them to really get into the details of what the fans are happy with and what they're not. But so so how do you feel about how he uses the weekly schedule for himself? But also just his idea of, um, hey, listen, there's, there's really no ending that we have planned out. But clearly there is some level of planning. Right, Stuart, when it comes to this? Oh, uh, yeah. I think... Um... Like you kind of mentioned, we all love doing the Netflix binge here and there, but, uh, you know, just because I really love a show that's serialized and, you know, we can, we, we can watch it as like one continuous long movie, I don't necessarily think it's uh, superior, you know, I don't think it's worse, but I also don't think it's uh, superior to episodic television. I think that every style of television is great in their own way, and for a while, you know, there was that big worry that was streaming that it was going to completely replace like uh, episodic television altogether. Like those type of shows wouldn't happen anymore. And I think Mandalorian is just one of those great exceptions because, you know, even though there is sometimes an overarching story for the season, uh, for the most part, it's the standalone adventures that we get with this really cool guy in this really cool universe. And uh, you never know what to expect week after week. Um, I think the fact that they're doing it the way they used to do with television back in the day of just kind of, you know, waiting, uh, you know, doing one episode at a time, seeing what people think, and then using that to adjust maybe some plans that they might do for the next season. I think that's a brilliant way to go about it. Um, even with them not having an ending in mind, I don't think that's a uh, bad idea at all either. I think that, again, for this type of show, that definitely works. The idea of just kind of writing as you're going, um, it works when you're writing episodic television like this. Uh, yeah, I, I got nothing but uh, ex- excitement going forward with The Mandalorian, uh, for sure. Oh, you're muted. Yeah, and I also, damn it, I was trying to get through this episode without accidentally having my mute on. Um, you almost did it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and I also think, too, while, I, look, I think if there's anything in Star Wars right now that is as planned as it possibly can be, it's definitely the Mandalorian. I definitely do think that they have an idea as to how long that they want this show to go on for. But I think when he says there's really no ending in sight, I think it's a sense of like, I'm kind of curious as to what he has in mind for closure for his show. 
right? Because look, Mandalorian is not going to go for 10 seasons. It's not going to go for 13 seasons, right? There is going to be an end point. But I also think he probably just means the story of these characters, that this is not going to be the end, right? Just because maybe Mando goes for five seasons, there's, there could be more Mando down the road. You know what I'm saying? Like never really fully ending his character. I mean, damn, there's there's characters from Attack of the Clones um you know the the clone wars animated series that's still popping up in the live action this day because their stories technically are not finished right or haven't come to a conclusion yet so while i do think at some point in time the mandalorian show will come to an end how john favreau decides to end that off is anybody's guess right maybe it could just end up like end just a random western where he completes his mission and he walks off into the sunset right and we have no idea where mando goes from here but his story certainly does continue in the larger scheme of the star wars universe so i do think that that's kind of what he's leaning into also because there's just so many moving parts to what's going on in star wars right now with all the connective pieces and the upcoming series and stuff there's got to be some level of planning. There's got to be some level of end in sight or like a big crescendo to it all. So I do think outside of that, he's probably being a little bit more cryptic in the sense of their stories will continue besides what I do with these characters. Uh, but is that kind of what you think, too, or do you want to uh, explain a little bit more on that? Uh, that wasn't the uh, vibe I got from like the interview, but I could also right, see that right, I get thing you. as well. Like I, I definitely see where you're coming from, right. and yeah, I do agree that that's something that we'll probably see going forward. Because yeah, you're totally right, man. We get characters from Star Wars: The Clone Wars still appearing, you know, uh, in live action. Like recently with the uh, Book of Boba getting to getting to see um, uh, Cad Bane like uh, make his first live action debut, you know, from that show. Um, yeah, I think that without a doubt, if we keep if they keep the Star Wars franchise going forward, like if Mandalorian were to kind of end, let's say like seasons four and five, but then sometime down the line, we get a movie that takes place uh, after Star Wars episode nine. Um, I could see us seeing a version of the Mandalorian still played by Pedro Pascal, but probably an old man makeup, uh, you know, probably a younger or sorry, an older Grogu that might be like, you know, in his uh young teenage years something like that um <laughs> you know i i do see these characters uh continuing on going forward i am kind of curious how old grogu is i mean when we met him he was like 50 right so and he's like a little baby form so i wonder how how that ages for his species honestly like I, i'm curious like if at any point in time in the mandalorian if we'll get like adolescence grogu you know kind of like how we've gotten groot uh sort of like from time to time in these uh, uh in guardians of the galaxy so i do wonder if it's uh if, if we'll ever see a, a different version of grogu although look from just from the um just from the trailers alone uh grogu is definitely growing uh and certainly becoming a little bit more powerful so uh we'll see how that how season three turns out but yes guys um season three march 1st March 1st, ladies and gentlemen. So um, get ready for more Mandalorian. If you guys are interested, we will be doing Mandalorian reviews for you guys here. Um, so if anything, if you haven't subscribed to our channel, hit that subscribe button, guys. If you want to see me get into my Star Wars bag and review Mandalorian Season 3 for you guys.
Um, but that will certainly do it for us here in regards to the main topics for the day. Uh, I believe Stuart might be headed on out. He froze sort of last minute. Um, but since he did have to go, he wasn't going to be able to join us for live viewer questions. It'll just be me uh, tackling live viewer questions for you guys today. So um, I think you guys know what time it is. It's time for live viewer questions 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 and we're back ladies and gentlemen so thank you very much for certainly joining us here hey i think maybe steward are you back uh, say a quick quick farewell oh yeah <laughs> i don't i don't know what happened just my internet suddenly even though i'm connected to the landline or to um my my uh, cellular data just kind of like shut down there <laughs> sorry about that i uh, no, you're good uh, but yeah, uh, final thoughts on uh, the Mandalorian. Yeah, I, I definitely uh, wouldn't be surprised if we saw these characters, uh, you know, sometime in the future, even after, uh, you know, the Mandalorian comes to its uh, conclusion, whenever that may be. Yeah, I definitely hope so, man. I definitely hope so. Um, There's such a big time period, too, for them to focus on. You know, they still got that like 30 year gap uh, from Return of the Jedi to The Force Awakens. So there's just a lot of. Um, sandbox for them to play in uh, as of right now so uh let's keep going please if they certainly want to sure. um Stuart, i do know that you got to go for live viewer questions um if people want to find you on social media those are where can they find you you guys can follow me at turbostu01 over on twitter and instagram uh i actually can't tell if it's like appearing here or not because uh, sometimes uh, i don't know mine's isn't popping up for some reason maybe they're glitching or something i don't know why like, yeah, even when I hit display names, mine isn't coming up either, so. Oh, interesting. interesting. Um, but, you know, easy to spell, TurboStew01 at Twitter and on Instagram. And, uh, yeah, you can also, of course, always follow us here on A-Plus Opinions as well. Thank you very much, Stuart. Good seeing you, buddy. Um, you have a good rest of your weekend, bro. Yeah, you too. Thank you. You no problem, have an man. awesome day. <laughs> you too, man. I'll talk to you later. Yeah, bye. Right, bye. All right, guys, and as Stuart departs, let's go ahead and dive into our live viewer questions. If you ever want to submit a live viewer question over, guys, uh, we post this over on our community tab every uh, Wednesday or at least after Wednesday. Uh, there should be a live viewer questions post for you guys. Um, simply just go over to our main YouTube channel. Let me go ahead and pull it up here for you guys. Uh, yeah, just go over to our main YouTube channel right here. Click on the community tab. And again, every Wednesday or after Wednesday, uh, there will be a live viewer question post, as you can see here. Submit your question down below, and we'll try our best to get to it live on air at the end of our shows. And if not, if anything, we usually do like to... Um, um, uh, record uh, an additional video during the week to get to the questions that we were not able to tackle earlier. So let's go ahead and dive into this. Uh, let's start off with good old Jessica Friedman. Um, do you think we will see <clears throat> super versions of Batwoman and the Flash? On uh, maybe it was a typo there. Do you think we will see 
super versions of Batwoman and the Flash on Superman and Lois one day? And would you like to see Cosmic Fury Rangers visit KO-35 or the Lost Galaxy planet during their trip uh, in space? Um, yeah, I think that would be pretty cool. Um, why not? If we're going down memory lane and bringing back some characters that uh, we had from the past, that would be pretty interesting. Maybe some great cameos like, hey, we got to, you know, we got to hop off real quick at uh, KO-35 and uh, pass along a message or something real quick. I have no idea, but it'd be cool. Look, as long as it fits into the story, uh, as long, you know, I'm not just trying to put things into Cosmic Fury just to be fan servicey and be like, oh, look, that's there. Oh, look, that's there. You know, uh, even if maybe if it's just like a planetary list that pops up in the background of the command center and it's on there, you know, I think that'd be a cool little Easter egg, but not everything necessarily needs to be a focus. You know what I mean? So I just don't want the cosmic fear to be too convoluted, but if it makes sense to the story, absolutely. Or a really cool little Easter egg name drop or something like that. Um, as far as Superman and Lois, I don't think we're going to get any versions of a Batwoman or flash on Superman and Lois going forward uh, especially with the way that things are happening over at dc right now i just don't uh i just don't see it happening especially with the hourverse coming to a conclusion and stuff and um you know some content already being moved over to hbo max um or to you know from hbo max over to netflix right so i i just think when it, I, I just don't think they're going to do more than what they're already doing when it comes to superman and lois uh, Marcelino Vasquez, um, do you think that the MCU will one day create their own version of the Green Goblin, Doc Ock, Electro, Lizard, Sandman, and or Venom rather than just borrowing characters that are already established in separate universes? Or will Marvel try to stay away from those characters and instead try something new by using villains that haven't been used yet on uh, haven't been used yet? Mm, I think, let's see here. Do you think MCU will one day create their own versions of Green Goblin, Doc Ock, Electro? I think yes, but, well, hold on a second. Um, rather than just borrowing characters that are already established in separate universes. Well, they already try and they, they've already tried to do that. I mean, outside of No Way Home, you know, we've already seen them pull the trigger on Mysterio. Um, you know, I guess you can say Hydro Man and Molten Man a little bit if you consider that from Far From Home also. Those two creatures, I don't know if you want to consider them that or not. Um, who do we have in the first one? Vulture, right? So I, I kind of appreciate them going into their bag um, and... Um, making characters that we haven't necessarily seen on film yet. And that's kind of the route that I want to see them go simply because look, we've already had two green goblins. Um, you know, thankfully they've kept doc Ock to just one, but he's just so memorable. Um, where do you go from there? Right. Electro, maybe you can get away with an electro. I don't know. It's Jamie Foxx. I don't know if, uh, you know, but they brought him back. Right. So they've kind of already done those things. So do I want to see them do their own versions? You know, unless we're bringing Miles Morales um, to the MCU at some point in time, then maybe give me updated versions of, of, 
his villains you know what i mean um or if they are some repeats then like green goblin like an ultimate was like an actual freaking goblin wasn't he like wasn't like harry literally turned or norman literally turned into like a freaking gargoyle looking green goblin type of thing you know if they want to make changes like that for miles morales then i'm i'm completely on board with it but until then if we're dealing with peter parker i rather them do other characters that haven't made it to the big screen yet because he just has such a vast array of rogues gallery there's just still so many good villains left that have not even happened yet and so um i would like to see them create those characters uh, or not create those characters but bring in new villains that haven't been used yet but that's just me um dino knights fighting for your rights um i love the first look photos of the four cosmic fury rangers in the command center with their brand new weapons they're freaking huge especially ions that blaster he got there is massive that's what the girls say too also what do you think of the speculation of the possibility of an official orange ranger for cosmic fury some people think it could be fern as well as another possibility of Tarek becoming an upgraded void knight i don't say i I don't think I don't think those are exclusive to one another. I think both of those can happen. Both of these have been speculated from behind the scenes photos and a cast of a bunch of different aliens and ranger drawings in the background. Yeah, I remember seeing the, the, the photos of the cast or the characters in the background. One definitely looks very void nightish to me. Um, like that purple or silver kind of combo. So I don't think it's out of the question that we could get uh, a Tarek as a Void Knight or upgraded Void Knight and a Fern as an Orange Ranger. Um, so I, I'm expecting both of those to happen and I'm I'm fully pumped for it. And I also won the idea of having sort of a full time series Orange Ranger, I think would be really great. Um, and is also one of those things, too, where. Well, it says full time series. I mean, I think it said she was going to pop up in like third episode or or something like that of the season or maybe a later episode i can't remember what the article stated but if anything i am just fascinated by sort of the um the history of the, the you know the 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 orange ranger throughout power rangers so um yeah i'm ready for it man i'm ready for it to be official leave it up to simon bennett and them to give us things that we've been asking for forever an orange ranger and a dark ranger or talon ranger however they're gonna call them in there um so the possibility of having seven rangers plus the chance of Tarek suiting up again makes me wonder all this sounds like a lot packed into just 10 episodes besides there are netflix produced shows that are also 10 episodes but have run times that go for 30 to 60 minutes some of those were critically acclaimed so i do see the possibility of cosmic fury being longer than the usual 20 minutes um how awesome is that we could potentially get heckle to return to cosmic fury as a dark ranger i'm excited i most definitely think we could see him in the dark ranger suit in all new footage um yeah i'm expecting oh man all new footage that would be even more incredible honestly since his footage in super sentai was very brief brief uh it really sounds like hasbro's really doing a lot to make this 30th anniversary special as special as possible i do also think that this these 10 episodes may not actually be 22 minutes it sounds like a lot of stuff packed in uh, I know Simon said initially that it's only 22 minutes, but he could just be teasing us. Things do change. What do you think of all the speculation? Well, I, I am in, in agreement that I do think Fern is the Orange Ranger, um, Heckle coming back as the Dark Ranger. I do think that those will definitely happen. Um, 
as far as the 10 episodes, you know, I was thinking the same thing, AJ, in the sense of like, I know Simon Bennett made reference to the idea, like just same, same, same as usual, I think is how he referred to it as, which to me kind of teases at the 22 minute run. But, you know, listen, I, I, it wouldn't surprise me if some of them came in at like 25 minutes or 27 minutes. You know what I mean? Um, to kind of stick to the 22 minute formula, I think would be a disservice. But, you know, it's the formula that we've had for for such a long time. But you're on Netflix now. Right. So while even if it may not necessarily be, say, like a full 30 minute episode, you know, I wouldn't mind the idea of stretching it to 25, 27 here or there with the occasional 22 minute episode. But you're right. And the idea of them being starting to feel like they are putting more in here does make me worry in the sense of is it too much for 10 episodes? Or, you know, should I really fully trust Simon Bennett in them to execute this level of storytelling with such a big cast in 10 minutes the right way? Right. Like that's the trust that we kind of have to put into um, into this particular team. And uh, I think they've done a great job so far with what we have. But, you know, this is definitely a new uh, format for us. So we'll see how it's uh, how it how, how it turns out. But your concerns is something I, I kind of share also a little bit. Uh, Ram Jam, but I also think if anybody can pull it off, it's Simon Bennett. You know what I mean? Uh, Ram Jam, what do you think of David Yost behind the scenes footage of his morphing sequence? Goosebumps, bro. Goosebumps. Um, so cool. Uh, I watched it over on his IG page. Even he's just like Triceratops. I mean, look, just the fact that they're they're filming a morphing sequence for him, um, I think is just brilliant. Um. Billy, like David Yost just channels a grown-up Billy so incredibly well. There's just something about the facial features that these actors have in their morphing sequence. Like just even seeing Billy in some of these photos and some of the behind the scenes images and videos that we've seen, you know, he's they've got that that older experience scowl that they put on their face, you know, like it's time for business. Like they mean business. Um, and there's a level of seriousness that comes with like just years of experience that I think that they carry with them as actors uh, for these, these ranges. And when I see him getting ready, just that look that he gives into the camera before he morphs, it's like, yo, Billy's about to kick some ass. And like, for me, I am so excited that we're getting as close to the OGs back as we possibly can. And, and that's why it's just so much more meaningful for me to see Zach and Billy at this stage in their lives. Like just, you know, the seriousness in which they take their roles, right? Like there's got to be some level of leadership there. Uh, and I definitely do think when I look at Billy in that sense, man, he's just got leader just written all over him and just the images and videos that I've seen. And the same thing can be said here for his morphing sequence. Um, so yeah, I'm really fascinated to see the growth of these characters. Uh, I truly, I truly cannot wait. Like as hyped as I am for Cosmic Fury, I'm telling you guys, this is this is where I'm putting my my money. Like I, I cannot wait for MMPR. I literally remember myself watching the season premiere, literally asking my parents for permission to watch television in their bedroom because they had the biggest TV, uh, and I just wanted to be on the edge of that bed watching this show for the very first time. 
and it knocked my socks off, man. So to be able to kind of come full circle to see these characters 30 years later for me, goddamn, I'm old. But at the same time, it's like, man, it's, it's so fulfilling and so rewarding as a fan to see them back. And um, I'm so thankful that David Yost and everybody is certainly returning. So thank you, Hasbro, for that. I had to gush, but Ram Jam asked me a question. I just thought the footage of his Morphin sequence literally gave me goosebumps. Triceratops, dude, I, that's let's go. Let's go. I'm pumped. Um, let's see here. Uh, also, what are your thoughts on the Dark Ranger finally appearing at Cosmic Fury? It's about time, Ram Jam. Uh, thank you, Hasbro, for continuing to go out of your way uh, to make the 30th anniversary special. We we are getting spoiled. I just hope that they I hope that it just comes together very well for everybody. Um, what's up, Gian Tube? Good to see you in here. Marcelino says, I personally am hoping Simon Bennett is pulling the PR stunt and the episodes will actually be a little longer than the standard TV limit. Yeah, I would I would hope so, too. I would hope that they would certainly use their time wisely. Um, so, yeah, just give us a little bit of an extension would be great. Uh, let's see here. What else we got? Um Terminator Dark Fate from Carter Matthews. He says, do you agree or disagree that the reason Terminator Dark Fate film was a box office bomb because of John Connor being killed off right at the beginning, creating an alternate timeline? Instead of solely focusing on Sarah Connor, we were introduced to three new characters who were pretty much their new replacements. Arnold himself became more like a real human than who he was in the first two original installments, though I did really love both Arnold and Linda Hamilton were recreated to look like their old selves from the first two films um, via CGI and doubles. Um, James Cameron himself did not direct the film, but he helped with the story and was pleased with the movie, at least. So do you think the movie should have just focused only on Arnold and Linda again and not have the other new characters fight against another new Terminator played by Gabriel Luna? But at the same time, just like any other film, Critics complain when the film isn't faithful to what came before or if the story itself is new and original. Sarah was basically the same character as she always was while Arnold uh, was now living like a human. Both of them obviously agreed the movie couldn't uh, at least kept kept, kept him de-aged um, so he would be believable as his younger self. Um Well, wait, I'm I'm a little confused. So um Dark Fate, Arnold and Linda Hamilton came back, but I, there was no CGI to look like themselves. Um Linda Hamilton is just an old woman now. Uh, so, you know, that that Linda Hamilton that we wind up getting in Dark Fate is is really her. Um I'm trying to remember if there were there fake selves of her. If there were, I honestly do not remember. Uh, maybe that's maybe I didn't enjoy Dark Fate as much as I um, certainly thought I did. Um, you know, I didn't mind the movie. Um, I enjoyed it for certainly what it was. But you're right. James Cameron certainly supported the film. I believe he was a producer on it. Also, I do remember seeing him even doing press rounds for the movie itself. He was pretty happy with it. And I honestly thought it was going to be like the correction to the Terminator franchise that we kind of needed. 
and unfortunately just kind of fell flat. I do think that there's a good movie in there somewhere, maybe just not the movie we kind of expected. Um, so I don't remember too much of it, but I do remember Gabriel Luna as the Terminator. Um, there was who was the female protector uh, for the the woman that um, was like the new Sarah Connor, if you will, the one that needed to be protected something mckinsey i can't remember the actress's name off the top of my head but i thought she was pretty good in that movie also uh really showcasing that look if you need a new female heroine she can kick anybody's ass if you ask me so um there were aspects of dark fate i i appreciated but i think outside of the two terminator films outside of terminator one and two my third favorite on that list is probably Salvation with um, Christian Bale and Sam Worthington. Um, that's probably my third favorite. And then probably Dark Fate would probably be my fourth. I barely remember Rise of the Machines, which was Terminator 3. And I just completely skipped Gen Genesis. Um, so, yeah. Um, just just bring me back Sarah Chronicles. And that's all Terminator needs to get back on, on track. Um, Blossom, I'm still choked. I'm so, oh, I'm still choked. I'm sorry. <laughs> Ooh, I hiccuped. I'm still stoked for Cosmic Fury. Been hearing that they should have been hearing that they should have used the Q Ranger suits. Thank God they didn't. Uh, they could have borrowed some elements from them, though. What do you think? Yeah, some elements, yeah. Some elements, yeah. Um, but we'll see what the show has in store for us. You know, similar to what Stuart said earlier and i kind of echoed his sentiments before there are kind of like uh, there's a lot of empty space you know while i appreciate the gauntlets and the armor and stuff um i even appreciate like little sliver on the hip i even appreciated more on the female suit with the skirt because then it has the silver accent going down the thigh also i think it's a i think it's i think the female suit is a much better look uh, out of all the suits um but i do think that there could have been something in that voided space to definitely help um who's to say that there's nothing that's added in after effects or cgi or special effects after the show begins right maybe they you know when the show actually starts maybe they do a power up attack or something like a final slash or something and there's like a a glowing emblem uh where the free space on their suit is at you know what i mean right so i uh, could it possibly be filled with something else in the future? Maybe. But um, if anything, I would not have minded them barring some elements. So I would have been, I would definitely be in agreement with you, Blossom. Uh, remember the Ishinomori reference Dino Fury made? There's also a Ishinomori in the Imaginatrix, but it's associated with the Giga Tokusatsu Rangers and Abba. Uh, Akiba Rangers as comics and video games. How's that? Uh, yeah, you did mention the uh, Akiba Ranger uh, and video game aspect, uh, and I thought that was actually pretty cool. I think that's a, a great way to use them, Blossom. Uh, Kurt Moreno, we already asked you, your question. Um, you know what? Before I get into yours, Gabriel, let me get Michael's out of the way real quick. Michael did email me. I'm glad that I just remembered off the top of my head. Um for some reason, he's been having trouble trying to post in the um, he's been having trouble trying to post in the comment section. Um, so he did send his information over to me. Here, uh, hold on one second. Damn it, Adam, what did I do? Um, 
for some reason, I'm not able to submit my question in the community tab section on YouTube. So this is from Michael. Uh, here's my question. Am I the only one who thinks that Kevin's entire family in the first two original Home Alone films were huge assholes towards Kevin? <laughs> always blaming him for things that he's cl that clearly his 50-plus siblings always cause. They're all bullies towards him, even his own parents. I'm glad that the direct sequel, which was a soft reboot by having new actors play the same characters um, to the first two films, which is Home Alone, 3, uh, Home Alone 4, while not everyone's favorite it's still pretty enjoyable i don't think i've ever seen a home alone movie after the um the second one i might have tried to watch uh home alone 3 but i don't recall ever finishing it uh i really like that kevin's 50 plus siblings were ignored and only buzz and his sister megan were kept they were actually nice to kevin for the final hour of the film um they were they were some assholes um the the uncle i believe it was uh, that was showering and singing. Uh, he was a big ass jerk. Yeah, everybody was a jerk to Kevin, like especially in the first one. I just felt so bad for this kid. I mean, don't get me wrong. Kevin was an asshole himself. I mean, this is a whole family of assholes to a certain extent. But they, guys were just people were just rude to this kid. Um, like, how do you how do you forget a kid, bro? Like, I I don't want to uh, let me not talk because I have a child of my own. Heaven forbid if I ever lost my kid, you know, I don't even want to know what that is like. Um, so, but yeah, it's like, you know, going on a big trip like that with so many moving pieces, man, you got to have double, triple check everything. But I always said they always thought they did a good job of like making it believable enough that this kid might, um, might be forgotten. You know what I mean? So I, I did think that they did a good job about that, but yeah, um, <laughs> the joy that Kevin experiences when he's like, I made my family disappear. Like the joy that he experiences to having the home all to himself goes to show you how much his family is a bunch of assholes. Like he, this kid is happy to be rid of them. So yeah, I, that's a great question, Michael. Thank you for that one. I do love me some, uh, some uh, home alone. Uh, it's something I watch every Christmas for sure. Uh, let's see here. Gabriel um could fantastic four work better as a tv series so since the announcement that marvel obtained the rights of the fantastic four and a new movie for the mcu is in the works may many have speculated about how the the fantastic four could join the mcu but when you look at the fantastic four they haven't exactly had a great run with their films now i don't doubt kevin feige could make an awesome fantastic four movie but you can't deny that there isn't a certain amount of risk bringing the fantastic four into the mcu you you don't know how the audience will react will the audience even care at this point after three failed attempts is there enough hunger for an mc mcu reboot to make it worthwhile with that in mind, I'd like to present an alternative idea, a Fantastic Four series on Disney+. Plus. This series could still be set in the MCU and could have crossovers on the big screen unlike the Netflix shows that we had hoped in the past. A crossover would be more likely as Kevin Feige is now in charge of anything. A TV series allows us to spend more time with the characters, getting to know them over 10 to 13 episodes versus a two-hour film every couple of years three failed attempts on film maybe it's time to try something new so we'll see down the road how this new reboot actually does once it's here um i kind of dig the alternative idea gabriel listen i'm always going to give kevin feige the the benefit of the doubt 
to give me a great movie. Um, regardless of how some people have felt about phase four, I do think that there's some good content in there and enjoyable content. Is it as great as some of the content we might've had from the past three phases? Some people will certainly say no, some projects perhaps, right? Um, but if anything, I still have faith in Marvel studios and what they're putting together. And because of the fact that the fantastic four and other previous iterations have not necessarily worked itself out so much. You know, um, this is definitely a risk, you know, um, where is it losing its magic? Has the people that have just been behind the cameras just, you know, not been able to capture right into somebody with the experience of Kevin Feige and his connection to comic books? Does he have sort of that miracle recipe to finally make this work? I I think that he certainly does. Um, but we're going to have to see. I will say this. If the movie bombs or if the movie fails, you know, if we ever see Fantastic Four again in another iteration, I would not be surprised if a television route is certainly the way to go. I, I do think Fantastic Four opens itself up because of the fact that you've got four members that maybe it could be beneficial to the idea of a television series in regards to how you plot out a long-term storyline, allow everybody to really have their own story arcs and have meaningful attention to them. I do think a Fantastic Four, especially if it's like a space odyssey or a space opera sort of um, sci-fi series, I think you can really kind of um, make that work. So I don't think it's out of the question, Gabriel. I do think a Fantastic Four series could certainly work but that's not to say that a Fantastic Four film can't work. I do think, I do think there is a good, fan, a great Fantastic Four film out there. Um, and and just to give props where props due, I actually did not mind the first Fantastic Four movie. I thought for the time period that it was in, I believe the writer was Tim Story, or was he the director? The first Fantastic Four movie that we wind up getting with um, Chris Evans as a Human Torch. That's actually a Fantastic Four movie that I feel like when it's on, if it's on TV, I might actually keep on and watch the rest of the time. It, it was a fun and enjoyable film. Um, still is to me at times. Um, and I think for the time period where it was in, I didn't think it did too bad. Um, again, not a great film, but enjoyable to say the least. Now, Rise of the Silver Surfer and this fantastic four stick, as uh, Stuart likes to call it. If I hopefully I didn't butcher that, Stuart, um, you know, with Michael B. Jordan and um, uh, the the other was it uh, Miles Teller and things like that. So I'd say two strikes. You know, whether or not a third happens here with the MCU one, I think we can get a film and a TV series that would be great. But if film if look if kevin feige can't make it work for an mcu film then maybe somebody else at some point in time might take a crack at a tv series i think it might work i think it could work stewart what's up stewart what you got for me today dr k is her name uh or dr k if you're nasty uh, looking back at the episode of rpm what really made it memorable was the juxtaposition of it all um 
was when we finally saw the backstory of Dr. K. Yes, the first scene was goofy, especially when Gem and Gemma got involved, but their goofiness tried to mask the dark nature of what was going on. This little girl was kidnapped by this unknown agency and exploited to use her uber intelligence to make God knows what. They lied to her and used her. But when she finally saw through their deception, she didn't want to expose them or ruin them. She just wanted to be a normal human being and go outside. And when they stopped her attempts to do so, she accidentally doomed the planet, something that she carries throughout the series. It also showed one of the underlining themes of the series. There is no such thing as perfection. Absolutely not. No matter how strong you are, no matter how smart you are, you can always make mistakes. It's what Vengex defeats symbolizes. And as he saw himself as perfection, this scene also showed that you will always desire what you do not have. Further showcased when she asked Ziggy if being stupid was as wonderful as it seems, since being as smart has been nothing but suffering for her. So while she was partly insulting him, she was also partly sincere. If she wasn't this uber men mensch, <laughs> would she had would she had suffered like she has now? It's why RPM is one of my and many other favorite series. Every character has a purpose, even the minor ones, and it's one of the best stories in Power Rangers up up there with Time Force and in space. So, what do you think of Doctor K's backstory? And did it give you the same feels with Nate and Beast Morphers when he finally was raised? Uh, when he himself was raised, a Grid Battle Force uh, was, it, or was it a semi copy of Doctor K? Um, I'm glad you 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 broke that down, man. Um, because I think again, it definitely did a great job of highlighting Dr. K's um storyline throughout um RPM. And yes, definitely one of the reasons why it was such an incredible show. Um, yeah, in space is up there for me as some of my is one of my favorite shows, along with Time Force, and so is RPM. So you definitely hit the nail on the head, and I feel like I'm definitely not uh I'm there's definitely a bigger crowd that I absolutely love. RPM and definitely hold it up there as one of their favorite shows uh, as well. Um, as far as do I find it as a, a semi-copy of Dr. K? No, but I do think it's certainly maybe inspired. And I think that's probably what makes the Dr. K and um, Nate interaction so great in Beast Morpher is just the idea of these two characters who share this sort of the same brilliance, getting that opportunity uh, to be on screen with each other, um, not just once, but I believe twice, if, not in, if I'm not mistaken, in, um, in Beast Morphers. Uh, I probably have to go back and, and check it out. But uh, yeah, Dr. K has also always been an incredible character. So I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, Carlo, what's up, Carlo? Uh, might just be me, but I feel that the behind-the-scenes trailer for once and always emphasized the Green Ranger since he was shown throughout, just not with the team when they're in the new command center or when the main four weren't in their ranger suits. So there's a reason why Hasbro allowed the footage of the Green Ranger to be kept in. They could have edited him out since the video was released after JDF's passing. So maybe the footage with the Green Ranger was filmed after JDF's passing. I recall Simon Bennett stating on Twitter there was a short rewrite after they heard of JDF's tragic news. I could be wrong. What do you guys think? Really? I hadn't heard Simon Bennett mention that. Not to say he didn't say it, but I, you know, I don't, I don't catch everything Simon Bennett says. So maybe I'll have to reach out to some people or try and find that statement. Um, if they had to do a short rewrite, that would be pretty interesting um, to hear, to hear that, especially during the time period. Look, I, there is a reason why they put the Green Ranger in there. 
Um, especially after JDF's passing, you know, I, I do wonder if it's a case of maybe they thought maybe this is too soon, right? Maybe we shouldn't put it in there. Maybe it might trigger some people or maybe it's just not a good good look right now. But they still kept the footage in there from the behind the scenes. So it does. And I think that's I think that's why people are talking about it, right? Because you, you could have just not shown him and you wouldn't have had people speculate or ask questions. But I think you put it in there for a reason, right? Maybe because you want people to speculate and to ponder as to why the Green Ranger is being shown in there. Look, it could be something as simple as, yeah, maybe they did do a rewrite after JDF's tragic passing and they decided, you know, look, let's let's get a modern shot of the Green Ranger in there to show that, hey, just because we've got these characters that we, we can't forget about JDF, you know what I mean? And, or the impact that the Green Ranger had for this particular series. Um, so maybe that's what the rewrite is. Maybe that's what the footage is that we certainly see. It's something that's kind of quickly put together as a brief tribute, like, hey, you're certainly, you know, you're you're um um you're you're a part of this team, sort of thing. So maybe that could be it. Maybe JDF is in this uh in some small minor capacity um that they never told us about because they wanted some surprises to be kept. I mean, damn, if if Amy Joe Johnson doesn't stop teasing about the idea that there's more surprises yet to come what does that even mean who knows um so i'm keeping my expectations low but i do think that there's a reason that he's in there whether it's just a brief tribute for what he did or there's a much bigger picture behind it who certainly knows carlo but th there's definitely a reason for sure nicole robertson um what do you think of the rumors of tom holland potentially returning to the mcu for either a spider-man 4 film or beyond the spider-verse and would you like to see miles morales meet tom holland um uh tom holland's peter parker in beyond the spider-verse or even in live action thank you very much uh for the question um, Nicole, I appreciate it. Um, so yes, there are rumors currently going around right now that for the potential return of Tom Holland. Now you say the return of the returning to the MCU for either Spider-Man four or beyond the Spider-Verse, the, the Spider-Man four is definitely happening. Um, if anything, uh, Kevin Feige recently said that they are writing the script. It's almost completed. So I'm sure Tom Holland's getting ready to get back into his web slinging costume, uh, at some point in time. So um, Spider-Man 4 is definitely happening. Um, in regards to across the Spider-Verse, you know, the rumor here, and I'll go ahead and break it down for everybody. Uh, this comes to us from comicbook.com. The, the title says Spider-Man star Tom Holland rumored to appear in Across the Spider-Verse. Uh, it says, according to Jeff Snyder over at the Hot Mic, uh, and Jeff Snyder has broken previous stories before, right? So you can take this with a grain of salt if you want to or not, because it has not been confirmed. But according to Jeff Snyder at the Hot Mic, he says Holland will be voicing Spidey in the new animated feature. He said, I heard that part of the delay because across the Spider-Verse was delay was about getting Tom Holland in that movie. And that one of the dimensions that Miles could end up going to is a live action dimension with Tom Holland. While it's not a guarantee that Holland will be lending his voice to the highly anticipated sequel, Snyder, Snyder has been right about some rumors in the past. So, uh, and Tom Tom Holland has previously stated how much he really wants um, Miles Morales to be a thing. 
So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he's in both, to be honest with you, Nicole. Um, look, if you guys have been watching me long enough and you've heard me talk about Into the Spider-Verse, my enjoyment of Miles Morales in that film, anytime that we've talked about the future of Miles Morales and across the Spider-Verse, if you've been watching me, what have I been saying? I would love for them to utilize one of these universes to be a live action universe. Whether or not you get Tom Holland to just reprise his role as Spidey in animated form, I'm cool with that. But I personally would love to see Miles be transported into a live action universe and get the opportunity to maybe meet that voice behind the animated scene and see Tom Holland as Peter Parker and maybe the third installment of Beyond the Spider-Verse. When you say Beyond the Spider-Verse, I'm thinking outside of animation. Um, if there's a way of bringing Miles Morales into the live action realm and maybe eventually taking advantage of films, whether that's be by MCU or you know Marvel Studios or Sony, I think it's a really great possibility and opportunity. So I do think that there is potential to this rumor out there. Um, I, again, Tom Holland has always talked about wanting to be a part of Into the Spider-Verse. If that means him helping make Miles Morales a popular enough thing to warrant live action. Look, I think Miles Morales is already popular enough after the success of his first animated film to bring into live action. But it's something that I've always been asking for and saying that I think that that's how they should pull it off. And if this rumor is true... Uh, this kind of just reiterates what I'm kind of hoping that they wind up doing. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed here uh, that this comes to fruition. What's up, Nathan? Good to certainly see you in here, my brother. Um, so, yeah. So uh, we'll see how it turns out, Nicole. But I do think it's a possibility that both of those things could happen. Um, Adam Perea, he says, what do you think of the speculation that Heckle from Dino of Charge may return for Cosmic Fury? And do you think if he does return, perhaps his story arc will have a small similarity to the Boom Studios comics? We know from the season finale, End of Extinction, that uh, Keeper made Heckle a new Keeper and guard the Dark Energem. Or perhaps in Cosmic Fury, we'll learn that after a few years of protecting the Energem, it got too powerful to be capsuled away and broke free from its box. And or Heckle had to use it when it got an alert with someone, uh, someone was coming for him. Or heck, maybe Lord Zed finds his home planet of Sentai 6 and tries to convince him to join his side. That might be interesting too, right? I'd be kind of under the impression that maybe he's going to be an ally uh, and working alongside the Rangers. But maybe we get introduced to him as a villain. Uh, it would be so amazing to see the Dark Ranger finally introduced into the Power Ranger TV series. Yeah, you and me both, Adam. I'm I'm super pumped for him. And I even liked Stewart's concept, too, of like if Cosmic Fury is on sort of in the main universe, maybe the heckle that we saw from Dino Charge that became the new keeper to guard the Energem, maybe this isn't necessarily the same heckle. Maybe this is a heckle that actually gave into the Dark Energem in our particular universe, right? So I do think there's some interesting creative choices you can make with it. Not to say one is better than the other or one's a smarter decision. Whatever they decide to certainly do with it, I think is going to be interesting. But um, I, the idea of heckle returning does fascinate me because I wanted so much more from that character and felt really let down that we didn't get the opportunity to see him explored more. Um, so to be able to utilize him, even if it's just for one episode, 
Uh, again, I don't know how how much he's going to be in the series, uh, but just seeing his appearance and Hasbro giving us that costume finally in live action here in Power Rangers is uh, worthwhile enough for me. Uh, let's see here. Jackson Peterson. Uh, with Jessica Parker Kennedy, this is for the Flash and Barry and the family. With Jessica Parker Kennedy returning as Nora West Allen for the final season of The Flash, do you think she will be the only child when Iris West does actually become pregnant, or will have Nora and Barry or Nora and Bart? Plus, I heard in an interview by Eric Wallace, the showrunner, that the finale will be what fans have been waiting for, implying that Iris will indeed become a mother. It would shed uh to tear I, I would I would shed the tears if the final season of the series is a time jump to the years leading up to 2049 where we see Nora and Barry at home with both Nora with both Barry and Iris uh and then a beautiful montage sequence where we see the twins grow up uh and then when we get to 2049 we see Barry and Nora working at CCP together Nora as CSI and Barry as the director of the CSI division do you want to see this too or something else for the final episode uh, that would be actually pretty cool um Jackson I kind of dig that idea of like a montage a time jump if you will to kind of see like hey barry and iris did get that happy um that happy ending sort of after all you know what i mean and look i'm gonna be honest though like the cynic in me growing up from the flash in the 90s when my flash was wally west you know i feel like there's always been something poetic about speedsters like almost like speedsters never get the happy ending, you know, um, that speedsters are always so relied upon to save the universe and like just have such a bigger connection to the overall scheme of things that are happening, you know, and I feel like countless, countless times it happens to multiple speedsters, them having to sacrifice themselves for the greater good of the timeline or of the universe. And, you know, Barry Allen sacrificed himself in Crisis on Infinite Earths um, in the comic books and in turn led the way for a brand new Flash in Wally West. And, you know, for me, that's how I always kind of thought um, Barry Allen's ending would be um, him sacrificing himself as a hero um, to give everybody else sort of that happy ending to live their life and somebody else kind of take up the mantle for him. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. Clearly we've had crisis already and Grant Gustin is still our Barry, but you know, there's a part of me like comic book wise, like there's a part of me that would be like, nah, Barry probably has got to die in this to lead to another flash or we see another flash sort of take up the mantle at some point in time. I mean, maybe you can have both scenarios, right? A new flash um, uh, at the end of this season, um, you know, taking up the mantle and also giving us that sort of flash forward to seeing Barry and Iris uh, in the future. Um, so, look, I, I think Eric will give us the happy ending um, that he certainly has mentioned in, in previous uh, interviews. You know, I don't know what that's going to be, Jackson, but, you know, what you put down there uh, seems pretty cool to me, man. I'll definitely take that for sure. Um. What else we got here? Doomsday. Even though Cosmic Fury won't be using the Q-Ranger suits, do you feel that it's taken a lot of elements from the Sentai season? Not just the Q-Ranger Zords, but with the possibility of extra Zords as well. Um, I don't think they've taken too many elements as of right now. Look, I think the Zords are certainly enough. Um, 
man, that could just be all you need. Uh, look, I, I personally wouldn't have minded the suits, but I appreciate them taking their first dive into creating their own suits. Again, this Simon Bennett and this crew has been giving us firsts um, for like the past two, three years already. So just continue to go uh, along with that, honestly, to get me hyped personally. Um, I'm sure there'll probably be some elements also that might pop up, but I do think that this is very much going to be its own season and really only taking elements of Q Ranger when they absolutely need to for liberties. You know what I mean? Like if, because of the fact that they had Zords that have so many, um, pieces to it, that might be the only reason maybe while we're getting multiple people in this season, if they had decided to utilize another series, you know, I, I just think it would be different. So I just think they're just using these elements just based off of just the swords alone. John Schuyler, uh, this might sound kind of harsh, but ever since, but since the release of the MMPR 30th anniversary reunion special behind the scenes trailer came out, and of course the unfortunate passing of JDF, do you agree or disagree that the announcement of the anniversary special itself was justifiably overshadowed by JDF's passing. So do you feel some MMPR fans may not want to tune into the anniversary special because they know that JDF announced months before his passing that he wasn't returning to Power Rangers, even though we see MMPR green in the trailer? I feel many people don't seem to understand that just because someone said they're one doesn't mean they can't change their mind or do something secretly as a surprise. Um... Yeah, I mean, I think sometimes we hold people to their word too immediate. I don't want to say hold them to their word too immediately, but, you know, look, I mean, if people want to give us a surprise, you know, how do you pull off a surprise, right? You got to unfortunately lie about it, I think. Uh, look at Andrew Garfield. Nobody's mad at that dude for lying for like two years about being in No Way Home. And when we saw him in No Way Home, we were super pumped about it, right? So I think people will forgive the lie if the... um if the outcome is to their liking, you know what I mean? And if JDF really isn't in here, then look, they've got nothing to be upset about. Right. Um, so yeah, I think, I think people would be okay. Um, do I agree that the announcement of the anniversary self special itself was justifiably overshadowed by oh yeah absolutely uh jdf passed away that's more important than anything else you got working you got going on you know like jdf's um impact in power rangers is why we're here today um you know the fact that he's literally helped this franchise continue to stay relevant for such a long period of time in the fans eyes um you know we wouldn't have a mmpr 30th anniversary special if you ask me if if it didn't have any something to do with JDF. So yeah, his, 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 his passing justifiably overshadowed the MMPR anniversary special. Um, so yeah. Um, Roberto, uh, this might be my last question, Roberto. So, um, what previously supporting and recurring characters would you like to, have become a ranger example mick becoming a red ranger in ninja steel you know give me give me his dad give me brody's dad from um uh i'll take give me brody's dad from um ninja steel i would love to see him as a ranger give me commander shaw shit i would love to see commander shaw as a ranger also those would probably be my two um 
recurring supporting characters off the top of my head that most recent that i probably would like to see become a, a, a ranger so yeah give me commander shaw and give me brody's dad from um from well i guess they kind of did that already didn't they um so maybe not brody's dad um because they kind of already did that but i would love to have have him around a little bit more also heck i wouldn't even mind taking dr akana as a ranger in this season if they really if you really wanted uh to know so yeah most recently yeah give me dr give me commander shaw and dr akana um and i think that'll be it uh for today so i will continue our live viewer questions from francois our international superstar uh all the way up to the most talented man in the world so um, i'll definitely go ahead and tackle those videos for you guys this week guys so again from francois beginning with francois so thank you very much guys for everybody that certainly submitted all of your live viewer questions we have some great questions here nice balance i thought some power a lot of, usually usually a lot of power ranger stuff but i always trust me when i say guys i really do appreciate you guys balancing some things out with other topics whether that be marvel dc or just movies uh, in general i love talking about that other stuff as well so thank you very much for that guys but uh, that will conclude our live viewer question segment but um guys listen thank you so much for certainly joining us here this weekend um we are going to be trying to be uh back next weekend uh around uh, 12 p.m or maybe around 1 p.m central time next week uh on sunday i'm going to try and sit down and talk with the fellas uh and try and figure out um if Sunday still works for us. Um, it's just been a little bit more difficult because again, you know, as, um, as parents now myself and my girlfriend, Cindy, sometimes our got conflicting schedules from time to time. She's working on the weekends. I work through the weekday. Uh, and so having that babysitter and somebody to watch Noah while I do a three hour show on the weekend is no easy task. So sometimes it is hard for me to be able to clamp down on an exact time to come live for you guys lately. But maybe that's something that me, the girlfriend, and maybe Stuart and Indy will discuss a little bit more to try and find uh, a date and time that works for everybody to where we can just be here consistently for you guys. Um, but regardless, we'll definitely still be here on a weekend, uh, weekly basis. So definitely look out for us next weekend on a plus here report. Um, Indy, I believe if anything is going to continue to work on the flash reviews for you guys, he is a little bit late with this episode three review, but that should certainly be coming soon. Stuart will be doing Superman and Lois reviews for you guys beginning March 14th. And I'm going to be doing Mandalorian reviews for you guys beginning this week. Uh, I might end up going live. Uh, Thursday afternoons on my lunch break to do that for you. And then I'm also going to be tackling Gotham Nights. So we definitely have some new content and reviews for you guys coming on the channel. Um, I just subscribed to, well, not subscribe, but I just reapplied to try and monetize the page once again. Um, so hopefully we could start making some money off of this channel with you guys to support here. Um, and I'm also working on a brand new logo design guys. So stay tuned. A lot of big changes certainly happening from a plus hero report. We got a bunch of conventions coming up, some convention coverage to provide for you guys. So I want to make sure that 2023 not only is a fresh look for a plus hero report, but we got some great motivation behind us 
and momentum uh, and really continue to take ourselves to the next level in 2023. So thank you very much, guys. And listen, if you want to be a part of the team, hit me up sometime uh, at a plus opinions at gmail.com. Uh, if you're interested, if you got any experience, whether that be um, Photoshop, uh, editing videos, whatever the case may be, if you want to join our uh, our channel, hit me up uh, if you got some experience uh, and I think you can certainly help out. Even if it's not for YouTube, maybe it's something for Spotify or our Facebook page that you guys certainly might want to help be a part of. Uh, definitely go ahead and hit me up again, A plus opinions at gmail.com. Uh, but other than that, guys, that's going to do it for us here. We'll certainly see you guys next weekend. But until then, do me a big favor, as always, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and keep it A+. Plus. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye.